Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 252 tonight. Uh, we are joined by guest Dan Freeman, and we are going to be discussing UAPs and history and uh, all that great stuff. Uh, before we get started, if you want to follow Dan, you can go down to his profile and uh, check out his Twitter profile. I have down I have the link down below, uh, so just click on that and uh, follow him if you're interested um and yeah looking forward to this conversation uh also um i'm not going to go into a whole spiel but if you want to support the show um basically just click on the link tree link down below we've got a patreon uh we've got uh um, merch store we've got if you want to leave us a nice review on apple podcast or spotify we appreciate that uh so yeah there's lots of ways to support the show so we appreciate everybody um so Dan is an electrical engineer, and I'm going to let Dan give us a little bit of his background. But what, Dan, welcome on the show. Hi, thanks, Mike. Um, I'm an electrical engineer. I um, work for the military industrial complex. I work in the Mojave Desert, Death Valley area. Um, you can sort of deduce, I guess, what that means. Um, I was born in San Diego. My father was a drill instructor. Um, my stepfather was a bosun's mate on the Nimitz. He retired in 2005. So uh, I went to college in Washington State. And uh, I uh, got I was recruited out of college. Yeah. Um, I am very much uh, into the subject. I'm a clo- I was a closeted nerd. Um, and sort of got into this subject in fear of uh, my my uh, the implications, but now it seems that this subject is sort of coming in the mainstream. So I'm excited to sort of talk about this subject, with Mike. He's a good guy. Awesome man, yeah. So I met Dan uh, from doing we do these Twitter Spaces, and uh, one night we were talking about like 
J. Robert Oppenheimer and the Manhattan Project. And then I think we talked a little bit about um, Andy Jacobson's theory on the whole Roswell crash and all that stuff. And that just kind of got us riffing and we kind of bonded over that. And I'm like, yeah, why don't you come on the show and, and discuss? So. Yeah, that was a, those were great conversations. Um, you were able to sort of, it felt liberating and um, your podcast is great for that. And uh, I appreciate you for inviting me on. Of course, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I, I vibed with you. You seem like a really well-read intelligent dude that just uh, is very interested in this topic. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm always willing to have conversations with people that, like I said, not just that I vibe with, but just, you know, you, you're, you're passionate about this. It comes through and, um, yeah. And, and since you have, you know, the scientific background in this stuff, why not have you on to discuss it? So, um, you know, from a historical standpoint too, you were discussing this on one of the spaces a little bit last night. What were kind of like the breakthroughs in technology that kind of got us to the point where we are today? And is there anything you see that's like kind of like maybe um, technological wise that might have been influenced uh, in some way? Uh, yeah, um, I would say obviously the most obvious one is um, transistor te- transistor technology. That's a bit of a mouthful. Um, transistor technology, uh, you, you sort of see that in uh, Moore's law where people talk about sort of there's a limit uh, to where this can go um, uh, y- you find in digital data converter right now uh, transistor technology is sort of in a you know 3 to 12 nanometer space and that is a, a profound thing a lot of people, a lot of people in this space, sort of like to point out that if you look at the, you know, how quickly it took us to go from the Kitty Hawk to to the moon, right? And you know, it's like, what happened after? Well, hmm. what happened after might be in your pocket. And and in that particular jump is is actually insane. It is insane. Like. It's, it's picked up a lot, particularly with FPGAs. FPGAs are called field programmable gate arrays. And that's particularly my background, and that's what I work in. Um, I'm an embedded engineer. I program field programmable gate arrays that realign themselves on a chip level to sort of create logical uh, outcomes. So you can basically like take a Pentium chip that you have from your computer and if it is an FPGA, it is a you can target it and upload a a new set of instructions that will um, it will execute logic that's 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 uh, particular and custom for what you're trying to do, and that technology is getting. Uh, is the is the future and that is where you're seeing a lot of like a lot of these other countries that are outside of america jumping in technology exponentially a lot of that's related to field programmable gate arrays or fpgas and um that's where you're seeing a lot of these jumps um because those are accessible they're off the shelf yeah interesting yeah i mean i know um transistor technology um, 
is kind of one of those that people talk about obviously being influenced. Another one of them would be, what is it? The, um, uh, fiber optics, um, back in the day. I mean, what do you think about all that stuff? Do you think that any of the stuff was influenced by something otherworldly via, you know, thoughts or possibly even actual recovered technology or like, what do you think's happening? So really, I, uh, Mike, that's a great question. What I really like to speak to is what I've seen in real time. Okay. Um, I've seen in real time, particularly digital data converters is where you might, like if you were an engineer right now in the space that I work in, digital data converters, where you would see that job. Like, it, it, like, and I'm try, I don't want to get too, I don't want to bore people, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't worry about uh, that. If, yeah, if people, so, people are watching this, they are nerds too. So Yeah. So that's where you see that. And, and like, like in my first DSP class, I had a doctor uh, that taught me. His name was Dr. Fisher. Shout out to Dr. Fisher. Uh, he told, he taught us in DSP, which is digital signal processing in a continuous wave there is an infinite amount of technology, an infinite amount of information, which means in my voice, in your voice, Mike, there is an infinite amount of, of information. And as you speak into the microphone, that microphone samples information. It samples the amplitude of your voice in any given uh, discrete time sample, right? And the, the number of time samples that you can hit in a second in a particular time span is where you really get the most and most information. And you're trying to get closer and closer to infinite, right? In that time sample, like good microphones, high fidelity microphones. When you talk about high fidelity microphones, probably like the one you're speaking into now, mm -hmm. what you're talking about is a sample rate where it samples very quickly. Now that happens with RF technology, radars, sonars, all kinds of things, all kinds of antenna technology. Those are those DSP cores and those digital data converters that I'm talking about. That's where you see a lot of that, these jumps. Like I was talking last night, what you were talking about. I work in a field where we were looking at, you know, negative three to plus three giga samples per second which is huge like like as we're talking right not to not to go out not to go off on some doc you know you know uh back to the future doc talk but like negative three to plus three was sort of the sample rate before now it's it's gone up to 64 giga samples per second it's as of 2001 and I'm sitting around the table with these old engineers, these 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 gray engineers, and they are making jokes like, a, like a, a spaceship must have crashed. <laughs> They're making these jokes at the table in real time while I'm looking at them, and they don't know that I'm into the subject. They don't know, like no one knows that I'm into the subject, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh, <laughs> you know," I'm kind of like laughing, like laughing about that. And, and, um, yeah, that's where you're seeing a lot of that, 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 that personally in the current time, that's where you might be seeing some of that, some of that evidence. It would require somebody that really knows what the hell they're doing yeah. to look at that. But yeah. So, I mean, 
what it comes down to is do you think, you know, like we do have some sort of UAP, UFO technology somewhere uh, hidden? Uh, not like um, not like a Indiana Jones crystal skull uh, scenario, but maybe just um, something where even if we don't have all the information that we were able to pull stuff from it or something along those lines. So um, I have seen so so hmm. so yeah yeah in my I I know that we have i know that we have because i've because i have laid eyes on things that don't make sense particularly for what we for where we're at technologically and that actually drove me into my electrical engineering degree before i so yeah my wife and i had an experience and we can talk about that or not but yeah let's talk does that does this fit into the picture let's talk about it yeah, it, it sort of fits in the picture. Um, yeah. Um, in 2011, my wife and I were living in Virginia. And we moved from Virginia to San Diego. And we drove to San Diego. Uh, excuse me. We were living in Virginia. And we drove to Western Washington. And um, and before that drive, I had sort of, sort of serendipitously mentioned to her that, hey, um, wouldn't it be great if we saw a UFO? We should buy a Canon Rebel. We should buy a camera and stuff. Like, well, I, we sort of laughed about it. And it was it was August of 2011, and Sturgis was going on. The uh, Yeah, the motorcycle. Uh, uh, the motor uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And we were driving, and we had driven through um, – through Wyoming and we were driving up through Montana and Crow country and, uh, 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 and we had been driving all night and, uh, we drove uh, hours and they had turned us away. Like there's too many vacancy vacant. Uh, there's too many, um, occupants at the hotel. Mm. So eventually we were like, fuck it. Let's just make it to billings. Let's just, let's just keep going and try and make it to Billings and we'll be good. There's a big city there. We're all good. So we had come and continued to drive and we had crested over this hill and we saw this um, incredible craft. It was a big, uh, it was a triangular craft, um, but it was, um, it wasn't it didn't look like it didn't have three lights in each corner with a center light it looked it had it looked like a, a mesh or a weave of lights all over it and I, we had just switched drivers sorry if i'm jumping all over the place we had just switched drivers uh maybe an hour before and i had taken the wheel my wife i was like go to sleep she she was she was taking a nap and i touched her leg and i said look 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 and she looked at me like i was playing a joke on her like like i like i like i had to set this up and i was like no we're looking at like something is going on and you know um we had crested over the hill and the thing's just hanging over the freeway maybe 150 feet off the freeway and it was humongous it was it was very big it never zipped off um it just kind of floated away 
Mm. It just kind of floated away. Um, and it took up the entire size of the freeway. It was what time, big, what time was this roughly? Like one thirty in the morning, mm. maybe. And, um, uh, and, uh, it, it what was weird was as we approached it the lights and the mesh what i'm t- calling like the light like the mesh the lights they had gone from red and white to red and orange and they had starting started strobing more aggressively and as we were about to f- drive under it my wife started to like scream <laughs> like yeah like don't i'd be dumping my pants too and we were in a honda insight with two cats in the car Two cats in the car, Honda Insight, and I'm. By driving. the way, shout out to your your cat. I hear in the background there. Yeah, 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 yeah. My cat, <laughs> she was there. You know, she was there. She saw it, and um, and I said to her like, uh, like this is it. Like this, this is it. Like, like this is it. Like I need to get out. I need. To... And my wife was like, No, 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 no. She had had a visceral reaction, sort of, to the experience. And I held that against her for some time, actually, if I'm being honest, like it felt like um, that was my moment and I like passed it by maybe. Oh, I don't know. So what, um, like you thought you were going to get out and make some sort of contact or something or? Yeah, or something or something. Like I said, I had the Canon Rebel in my pocket. I had a, I had a, I had um that the Canon Rebel was in the trunk and we were supposed to get out and take pictures, you know, and like hug and get your little selfies, you know, along the Shane, right. Along. Shane just commented that cat seen some shit. <laughs> cat done seen some shit. And I'm going to, I'll actually circle back to the cat because the cat, the cats probably played a role in this situation. And, um, uh, in my opinion, so, so, but I, I was like, pull out the phone. She was like, uh, she was like, no, don't get out of the car because we drove completely under the thing. The thing was like the size of a three-story by two apartment complex, hanging over the freeway, 150 feet off the freeway. And when I when we first pulled up on it, we had think about it like a triangle, where the sides of the triangle are rectangles. There are no mm. rounded corners. So when we pulled over it, what it looked like was an amber alert sign. That's what it, it looked like, like one of those signs that are over the freeways that said, yeah, tell yeah. you to buckle like up, the, yeah, buckle the, up. Yeah, the construction zone ones that have... The construction zone ones, or, buckle up, know, buckle like up. Happy yeah, Labor exactly. Day, drive safe. Yes. Or, you know. yes, yes. So as I'm driving, I'm like, what does that say? What does that say? What's going on there? What does that say? And then eventually I'm like, that thing is high as hell. And then eventually I'm like, you get a better perspective because if you're looking at it from the, from the angle that I'm looking at it at, it looks like just a rectangle hanging over the freeway. And then eventually you're coming under it. And then it, then I see the full form. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I get what you're saying. So I'm like, uh, for the first part, I'm like, what does that say? And then eventually I'm like, holy shit. And I grab my wife's hmm. leg and I'm like, look, and then she gets up and then she's like looking at it and we're both looking at each other. And I'm like, I'm going to pull over. And she's like, fuck, no, do not pull over. Don't do it. You know, get, yeah. like keep going. So we keep going and we we go through billings. Uh, we attempt like I tell her, take pictures, take pictures, take pictures as we're driving like 
she she's taking pictures and the thing just floats away over the hills it doesn't do anything so do you have pictures of this thing no pictures no pictures and it's unfortunate but i do have a co-witness which helps me in this right Oh, I mean, I, I, b- co- I believe you. I just, I, I was saying if you did have a photo, we could try and post it up here and let people well, what's, see. I mean, you're looking at, so the shitty, here's the really shitty part. If you've ever been to the Grand Teton Mountains and you try to take a fucking photo of the night sky at 1.30 in the morning with a, with a camera, it looks like shit. Like, go mm. outside and take a picture of the moon in 2006. Oh, you don't have to convince me, I know. It looks like shit, and she took a picture of it at that time on on this on this android uh, i had an android phone we had android phones at the time and it looked like shit and i was like if this like whatever we had a canon rebel sitting in the back and i always this is part of the this is one of our marital problems mike like this is one of the problems that we might argue about. Like you didn't let me get to me, the UFO. You didn't let me get out of the car. You know, I'm like, you know, like all that shit or whatever. But like, I, you know, what I'm more happy about that I saw it with my wife. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm actually more happy that I saw it with my wife than me proving it to anybody or anything. I can identify with that. I, I yeah. see what you're saying. I, I you know. If I saw something weird, I want my wife there too, so you know she'd understand. So yeah, I, I can definitely. Ad- and ad- perhaps ad- she trips the hell out, right, Mike? And you're like, "Oh, calm down!" And she's like, "No, get the hell out of here!" And it's like you're in this weird state where you're like, "Are you going to continue to terrify your wife?" Yeah. Or 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 leave. And right. that was where I was at. That was where I was at in that moment. And the fucker just floated away. So um, when you're looking at. Uh... Looking at it, so do you, you know, the Phoenix lights is kind of what came to mind. Not that the lights that were hanging uh, over Phoenix, but there's supposedly another craft that people mention where it's this huge triangular craft, kind of what you're talking about, and it just slowly, like, moved over, like, three states. I don't know if you've heard that. I have heard that, and the Phoenix lights craft is much bigger than the craft that I saw. It The craft that I saw was maybe six freeway two lane freeway widths it was maybe it was maybe like six or five or six two lane freeway widths and as we we drove under it i saw the full thing i saw up under its skirt and looked up and went can i see stars like that was my first thought can i see stars through what i'm looking at and i couldn't so it was a solid craft and then we kept driving and then she was and that's when I said pull over and she was I, and then she was like no and I was like take pictures <laughs> and then she began to take pictures and they looked like shit but then I was like just watch it because at that point I said I don't want it to to take us right at that point I was like I don't want it to take us like just watch it and it became like a tactical situation it became like a tactical situation very fast actually like holy shit, we're in a situation where there might be, like, a problem. Like, now we're in a situation where there's a problem. Right. And and she watched it, and it was fine, and the thing just floated away. And my questions are centered around, why did it change colors as we approached it? Why was it just hanging over the freeway? Um, Like, it, how long was it hanging over the freeway before we got there? And 
it almost felt like it was avoiding us. Like mm. it was just like doing something already. And then we pulled up on a Tuesday. It, my, my wife always tells me it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. <laughs> it, it, like it was a Tuesday. And why was it just chilling over the freeway? It was almost like you weren't supposed to be here. That's what it felt like. It felt like you weren't supposed to be here. Which lends me to believe that to answer your original, original question, maybe it wasn't alien. But you said you, the original question was, have you seen things that might be alien, that might be alien, like yeah. alien? And I so, went, this, yeah. So um, just thinking about that whole thing, have you heard of this uh, hypothesis or whatever that the Black Triangle UFOs are doing mm-hmm. some sort of scanning or topography scanning or something like that? Yeah, I have. Uh, uh, I mean, if you go back to like the TR3B or whatever, like mm-hmm. you kind of hear these sort of these things. And this in what I saw, I've never said was alien. And I tell very few people about this. Like this is probably to be the most people I've ever told about this about at once. No, I, I love that, too. You didn't mythologize it. I had the same thing with my orb sighting with my dad. Like we, we just kept saying that's so bizarre. That's so weird. We weren't like, oh, my God, we saw aliens or anything like that. So. And you're like suspended. If you've ever actually seen it, you will know what I'm talking. Like you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah. Like you're suspended. You're like holy shit. You're just like caught in like in. It's almost like you're dropped into another RPG. It's like you're dropped into another RPG where you're like, the what are the new rules? Hmm. What are the new rules here? And that's what it felt like. Yeah. But yeah, one hundred percent. Like we were scanned or something or or it was scanning something. And then it, as we were driving under it, the, the colors changed from white and red, the mesh around it, white and red to red and orange. And, the, and then the frequency at which the mesh sort of refreshed, the refresh rate of the frequency kicked up and then started to move off the freeway and then just went over the hills of Grand Teton National Forest and it just fucking drifted away. And we just let it drift away and I was like, all right, we're headed to Billings. And before... Yeah, yeah. that's that's interesting. Um, So what about the vibes like afterwards? Was there any sort of like after effects or afterglow? Yeah. There were vibes. There were psychological vibes in that me and my wife argued about it we argued about it for a while me and my wife have been married for 13 years we argued about it for some time and we um but what was interesting was we did not speak about what we saw like in my mind i remember silence until we got to billings like there was no talk in the car. So what did you fight about though? Like wh- how it went down, or what you were mad that how it went she down. didn't let how you get out? Yeah. Or... How, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff happened. That kind of stuff happened. How it went down? Why didn't you let me get out of the car? And it, she was like, looking back, do you do you still regret that though, or is that something where you're like, maybe that was the best? I thing still to, regret to, that. Oh, you do. Okay. I still regret that. Um, because the serendipitous nature of it is at the beginning of that drive, I said, let's buy a Canon Rebel. 
to take pictures of going, you know, of the Badlands or whatever. And I sort of joked to her, like, maybe we'll see a UFO. <laughs> and we bought this Canon Rebel for this experience. And it was sitting in the fucking trunk. And I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I, I tripped. And in like, it was so scary and dark. And we were in Honda Insight. It wasn't like I was some in some pickup truck with a gun or anything like to like to feel safe at all. I was in the most pussy car you could possibly be in. It was the most low testosterone situation I could possibly be in. I didn't feel like I could do anything. And just like everything about it felt like I was a, like I felt like a pussy, you know, in the whole situation. And so so I mean, I, I get what you're saying, you know, um and also being interested in that topic and having that kind of an opportunity where something is presenting itself uh, that most people will not have the opportunity to engage with or uh, experience. Um, but I don't know. I think that maybe, you know, I, I, I do have like a, a feeling that usually what kind of is supposed to happen happens. Not like a like a, like a fate way necessarily, but just like. Um, I, th- I feel like there is like reasonings behind things and whatever, you know, you might not have liked what your wife did or how it went down, but there's probably some, maybe there was something to that. Maybe if you did get out, something bad would have happened, you know? And we, and I, I promise I'm over it, but like, that was, that was a point of contention. It was like, you know, she, my wife likes like, you know, Harry Potter or whatever. Who and does it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I explained to my wife, I was like, babe, this would be like you seeing Hogwarts in the sky. <laughs> and I told you to stay in the car. Yeah. This would be cool. like seeing Hogwarts in the sky. And I told you to stay in the car. Do you know what I mean? And she no, was I, like, I, I get it. Yeah. She's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And I'm like, yeah, like, that's what this is. So eventually, like this, I, I have kids now, dude. Like, I don't, I don't want that to go down. But eventually I get hired on base. So let's bring it back to the cats, right? Cats. Good old cats. The cats, bro. Let's bring it back to the cats. And just so we know, you saved the cats because if this was the show Elf, that cat would have been a target. The cats fricked. So so I I get hired on base, right? And when you get hired on base, they sort of do this preliminary, like, safety thing, right? Where they're like, these are the things that are dangerous. These are the chemicals that are dangerous. These are the, um, uh, you know, don't don't fall from high places, Mike. <laughs> Protect your head. Da, 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 da. And then eventually some dude comes out and then he starts talking about radiation. Right. And he lays out a bunch of objects on the table and brings out a Geiger counter. And he goes, which of these objects do you think is the most radio- radioactive? And I go, and, you know, and everybody answers. Everybody that's in the orientation sort of gives their answer or whatever. He brings out Fiesta Ware, right? You know what Fiesta Ware is? I do not. It's like, um, like, uh, almost like terracotta, like, like ceramic ware or whatever. Okay. Like cookware. Sure. He brings out kitty litter. Kitty litter old munitions old like military munitions and something else i can't remember and 
he he waves the Geiger counter over, and everybody, of course, goes old munitions or whatever, and you know it's a low it's a low count or whatever. And then he goes over the Fiesta where the Fiesta where is hidden. Fiesta where hits a lot. You can buy. You can look this up. Fiesta where it radioactive Fiesta where you can look this. Up. This is a thing. And then he, he waves it over kitty litter. And the kitty litter is fucking going bananas. <laughs> kitty litter is radioactive. Like all kitty litter? All kitty litter. Not all kitty litter. Like if you have like pine kitty litter or whatever. Okay. But like something about the like absorption of regular kitty litter. Like if you typed in kitty litter radioactive, you would see like thing. Your cat knows it's, it's freaking out back there. It knows the you, story. Sorry, sorry if you guys hear the cat. Kumo, be quiet, please. I'm talking <laughs> to my friends about our weird ass experience. Um, kitty litter is radioactive, and we're and I and I started to like put together like because you put uh, we put a kitty litter box down in the car, and we're driving a hybrid, so we have this huge lithium ion battery in the middle of the Grand Teton Forest National Forest and we're driving 70 miles per hour and I started to think about it from a material science perspective and I went maybe we have all the materials that make sense for some sort of identification do you know what I mean like kitty litter bro yeah, you're saying there's some sort of techno signature that you might have set off yeah, yeah 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 and they were just waiting for me like waiting for your boy like that's yeah i'll shut up now shane said uh (laughs) she said he he, well first of all he asked if you had any missing time but he said um you know uh the cat's gonna be like the cat from uh captain marvel or whatever um and uh i agree and that the cat thing's interesting too because cats are weird in themselves right i always feel like my cat's like looking at you know ghosts or some shit and i don't really fully believe in ghosts i'm not against it anybody out there that's into ghosts not saying i don't believe i'm just saying i can be convinced of it i'm not currently interested in it if that makes sense but um i'm down to have a conversation about it but to your your point about the cat stuff um so you do think that like is that just like a still like a, a thought or do you really think that there's something to the techno signature stuff no, I, I actually think that I, I like to believe that was what happened. I Because otherwise I'm in a weird position where it's like, they came for me and I didn't answer. Like, you know, like, I don't want to think that. Right. Like, they came for me and I didn't answer. I'd rather think I set off a techno signature and it was serendipitous and it's done and it's over with. That seems to be I, more likely too, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that that felt. We were in a hybrid. We have a huge lithium ion battery. We've got the the kitty litter, and the kitty litter thing didn't hit me until I started working here, and I was like, because that that shit is. Did you have like an epiphany time. when when they in that when yes. you guys doing yes. the, the thing? Yeah, That's I almost wanted to walk out. I almost <laughs> wanted to walk out. Like holy shit! Like what? Because this type of stuff is in your mind all the time. You should have been it like, was. did you guys send out a triangle uh, at one thirty in the morning in the Teton? Boy, <laughs> tell me to check in at work. Yeah. 
you know, like, like that's kind of what, you know, like. What if that's how they recruit what, people? Like, ultimately leads down some sort of weird path that gets you. Oh, I, I love that you just said that because when I set out for that drive, I wanted to be a game developer. After I saw what I saw, I wanted to know what I was looking at. Mm. And I tracked, I tracked my whole career in my, my, my the course of my my schooling and everything based on what was that what was that now now i'm not gonna say like i didn't know anything about ufos before then because i did i was super into ufos i didn't have any experiences before this experience do you know what i mean yeah and i was i went into school and i was like hey like my first degree like most people you know, I you, everybody changes their fucking degree up. My first degree was archaeology, and then I changed it to business management. Everybody, my first degree was actually cultural anthropology, but I, you know, that's archaeology. But I changed all my shit up, and I, eventually, I was like, I okay, I can do math, and I was like, I'm gonna, I want to make video games because I love video games. I wanted to make worlds. What's your What's and your then, games? What are you into? Oh, that's a good question. I like, like, you know, like, Civ's okay. I, I like high-speed games, like League. Um, Like, uh, my first games I ever liked were, like, StarCraft. Um, yes, yeah, right I, now... I, I could get into yeah. those things, I think, but I, I'm a... I'm a Call of Duty guy. <laughs> I know that sounds cliche, but Call of Duty. No, 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 no. Call of Duty and NHL are like my go-tos. It doesn't sound cliche at all because the older you get, you're like, how quickly can I pick this up and put this down? Yeah. And that's sort of, you know, but right now I like tabletop games. So I sit around with a bunch of dudes and we play Dungeons and Dragons and every Tuesday. And uh, like I've kind of moved to uh, a way. I don't know how old you are. I'm I'm 35. Yeah, so I'm roughly the same age as you. I was going to ask yeah. though. Um, I don't understand the tabletop games. I'm open to it. Like my co-host Maurice, who's sick still. Shout out to my brother. Shout out Maurice. to Maurice. Um, yeah. He should be back soon, hopefully. I know he's starting to feel a little bit better, but he, you know, growing up, we would go to the card shop and I would get, I would collect NHL cards and uh, baseball cards, and he would be collecting magic the gathering and mm-hmm. uh, we at one point we were both into pogs i'm sure you remember pogs yeah hell yeah, yeah. um but yeah w- so what's the allure of is it just the imagination aspect of it because i always wondered like people that are into that um you know like what is it about it it's um the tactile feeling like a lot of people that play magic the gathering they talk about like because magic the gathering you know is now all online or whatever like mm-hmm. right and still people say there's a common phrase like i just like the cardboard like they like to touch like oh, i play okay. magic as well like they like to touch it and sit around a table with friends like now we're all old and out of shape and our bones are cracking and shit and that like, makes sense i assume that's how gamblers feel about like yeah. actual cards you know like you can you can gamble online why would you do that like right. you can go to the casino you can actually go to the casino and um that's sort of where that's that's at but i also like i'm into 3d printing so like i 3d print miniatures for my my the guys i play D D with and stuff 
and we like to bring a lot of like ufo like like metaphysical like com like conversation pieces into the into the into the games that we play and like that's cool. a lot of the guys that yeah it, 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 it's pretty cool it's pretty cool because you can kind of it, it's dope and this is sort of off topic and we'll no, talk it's, it's fine yeah Whatever. But like you know, like a lot of the guys I'm, I sit around the table with, and I work in a place where you can't do um, psychedelics. I think you probably know that, right? Right. I can't do psychedelics, big dog. Like, like, but I do do psychedelics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and that's part of the thing. Like, I hope that, you know, I hope that that stays, you know, between us. I know it won't because it's the internet, but. We we I, we all do psychedelics and we like you know do this kind of thing and we talk and like I met a group of people where I work where we all know a lot of the lore and the conversation pieces and stuff and it's like holy shit do we actually work here one guy's from Arizona one guy's from California and we're all kind of like holy shit like we're all here so I bought a 3D printer and we do like we play out like. You know, out the Allagash. We like the Allagash came, like Allagash abduction came up in one of our like D and D like episodes, like in one of our one of the, our campaign episodes. We call them one shots. We did an Allagash Allagash one shot. So like we kind of like had a, a bunch of like you know level three characters get abducted from a lake, and then they're running around a spaceship for to to sort of yeah. It was kind of a cool thing, man. It's, it's, yeah, no, that that sounds. It sounds. It's always good to have stuff like that too with friends that are into similar things, and it's a good outlet. Um, actually, one question Shane brought up earlier, and I'm kind of interested now too. From that experience, I know you know you regret not getting on the car, but was there any like time dilation or time loss between you or your wife through the experience, or no? Was is that not part of it? The only thing that I would say that would might have been time dilation. I don't, I, I, Shane, to answer Shane's question, I don't, I don't think there was time dilation, but the fact that there was a deadness in our car, we did not speak mm. until we got to Billings. And we were just out, we were in Crow, we were in the Crow's, Crow Reservation, like somewhere between Casper and like, I, I've looked it up before and I can send it to you. But there was a deadness in the conversation in the car until we got to Billings. I don't remember a single conversation. I don't remember a single thing we said. I don't remember. We did not talk about anything we anything we witnessed. Mm. We didn't say a single fucking word until we got to Billings. And then we got out of the car. We moved the cats into the Western, the best Western we were saying at. Moved all our shit in the car, kitty litter and all that. In fucking, I was like, isn't that crazy? And then she was like, yeah, that was crazy. And it, that was like, and that was it. We were more worried about getting a hotel room to like, you know, rest up for the night or whatever. Then, because we had just been turned away in um, Wyoming after we had left the, the Dakotas for Sturgis. So we were more worried about like getting a hotel room. Oh, because there were so many people staying in yes, that area. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. We were more worried about like getting a hotel room than like than anything else. But then once we got the hotel room, I was like, "Isn't this crazy?" But I will say, and me and my wife, I talked about this, how little conversation happened in that drive was like two hours, dude. Damn. 
it was like a two-hour drive where no words were spoken about what we just saw. There was no anger. It was a completely sterile car. I don't remember my cats. I don't remember what we were listening listening to on the radio. I don't remember anything. I don't remember shit during that yeah, time. You're probably in your but, own head thinking about what just happened. It's but I do remember driving. Exactly. I do remember driving. I do remember driving. Like, I, I can't say that I, like, I'm missing time because I didn't just wake up in Billings. I remember driving. Right. But I don't, like, wouldn't you think, like, Mike, if me and you were in the car and we saw Zip Zorb jump, jump out and offer us a couple of White Claws, we'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I'd be Zip like, Zorb, I'm good on the White Claws, I'm, dog. I'm get, good get on get the White Claws. Do you got, like, a Irish car bomb for me <laughs> or something, you know? Can you do something for me, uh, something else? <laughs> But we would talk about it later, like, oh, that Zip Zorp, he fucking, he offered us White Claws. What a, what a fucking, what a clown. We would, we would drive away and be like, he was a clown about that. You know, like, right. we would mention something. None of that conversation about what happened, happened for two hours. But I remember the drive. I remember the drive. Yeah, I mean, experiences like that are weird because there is... Um, you know, like I said, I, you know, the, the thing I saw in the sky with my dad, we both kept saying how weird it was, you know, like that. We just got, I just remember us repeating that to one another. Like we weren't like, Oh my God, there was a UFO or, you know, like, um, we were just like, it's very bizarre. Um, where was that again? Sorry. Uh, it's outside of Chicago. So like facing, we were looking upon like where O'Hare uh, is, yeah. but I'm, I've seen a million planes. I mean, I've lived by O'Hare now since I was like 19. So I know, uh, what planes look like coming in and out of O'Hare. And also, um, you know, there's an executive airport not far from there either. So uh, I know what's what in terms of what's in the sky. This was an orange orb that like hovered, uh, got a little bit bigger, and then just darted off by the time I had pulled my phone out of my pocket. And I tell this story, and I think that this is important. When I pulled the phone out of my pocket, I wasn't thinking I'm going to take a picture or a video of this thing. I was thinking I'm going to pull up my star chart and make sure that this isn't some sort of star cluster or, I mean, I know where like Venus and Mars and everything is in the night sky, or at least I did that night when I, you know, I knew the orientation of everything. Uh, and this, where this would have been, uh, was just after sunset where the constellation of Scorpio was. So I pulled up my phone and there was no, you know, there's nothing bright in that direction. And again, the plane thing, there are, they're obvious. They have blinking lights. They look a very specific way. Could it have been a drone or something? I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Very bizarre. And O'Hare has obviously a history of having weird things near it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a um, that that uh, the the cookie cutter sort of uh, disc that popped up. The O'Hare, uh, the Chicago Tribune had like one of the before LA Times, before New York Times had the largest like UFO uh, publication or whatever. And yeah. I think I told you before the podcast that half my family's from Chicago, the Chicago yeah. land area. And, you know, it, but see, the thing is, is like, you know, in the, in the black community, right? They say this thing, they say, there's a common saying, you ain't never going to catch me slipping again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you are not going to catch me slipping again. Like, if you, if that happens to me again, your boy is coming live and direct 4K 
all this shit. We're we. I'm. I got every. You've camera. got all the GoPro. You got seven uh, GoPros yeah, attached. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seven GoPros. Like I'm doing the full thing, bro. Like the, I know Shane's you know out mean? there trying to do that right now, probably as we speak. He's commenting in in, in our our. Uh, Where's he commenting? I wish I could see his comments. I don't He's, know. Uh, I don't know if it's showing up. It's it's in the live stream feed on on the uh, YouTube live stream, okay. but uh, yeah, I mean he's out there doing the orb thing right now. I mean, I think that uh, I don't know. There's a lot of bizarre stuff. Um, there's a lot of bizarre stuff um, that yeah. So so I, I, do you mind if I get into like where I sort of find myself in the space? I guess like yeah, yeah. Okay, so. I guess where I find myself in this space, Mike, is like, I want, because I think that there's going to be some sort of reconciliation about what it means to be a UFO person. Like, there's going to be some sort of iterations through time. Just like anything. Like, what does it mean to be a crop? That, I didn't mean to do that. Mistake. Mistake. That's right. Just I hit like the wrong what button. it means to be like a CrossFit person or anything, you know, like these trends sort of hit us. Like you go on TikTok or whatever, and like you see people talking about UFOs or whatever. And um, I think that there's going to be a conversation. I think the like most interesting UFO, UFO conversations are the ones that we've had where it's like these exo-political conversations or this like what has what happens after what happens after real disclosure and i think like what does it look to be like what does it what does it mean to be a post disclosure maxi what does it mean to be a god like a like do you still send your kids to school like do you still do you still you know we've always well, thought I mean, about to that. what you're saying though i think that there's a lot of people that even if they found this out, which I mean, how many times has this stuff been in the news? They just go about their business, and just it's about like, the, yeah. Like one day later, they're like, "Hey, do you want pizza for dinner?" They don't. The UFOs doesn't even come up anymore, you know. And so there's some people that probably still see it and don't even think anything. Like it's either fake or it's woo or whatever. So, um, to your point, I think even though I don't know, it'd have to be like that movie Arrival for I think people to take it seriously, right? it would be like the p it would be like not like you or i like obviously we're interested we know there's something metaphysical going on but i'm just saying for like the general public and like random people that aren't like well read into this topic i so so one thing that i think about is like so i'm into crypto right like i don't want to talk about crypto i don't want to talk about well i don't know anything about it that's maurice my co-host's uh but like crypto Dude. hit the world like a, a sledgehammer, right? Can we agree that? Can yeah. we agree? And then eventually you get like these like crypto maxis that are like at maximalists. That's what maxi means, right? These like guys that are like crypto's where it's at. This is what's going. Like and then they live their Crypt- lives. Crypto like, bros. Yeah, well, crypto bros. Yeah, it, it, what a Mike. I got to push back on you. Are you crypto bro? Crypto. I have invested in crypto. I'm joking. I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah. I have invested in crypto. Yeah, I know. I know. 
but I've invested in crypto and it has helped my little, my little family, but I'm not like, a, I'm not like good at it. I'm not like fucking good at it. Right. Like, but what I'm saying is like, obviously it's affected our world though. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so it's like, disrupted uh normal yes, economic, yes, you know, yes. The order, the normal order of shit. Right. Yeah. So like, when I think about post-disclosure, I sort of think about it in the same way that crypto might. Like, we're, we are the Bitcoin bros of 2010. Hmm. We're the Bitcoin bros of 2010 talking about this shit and how it might go and all the innings and all the ins and outs of all the all this, how this will go. But mate, but that's what I'm saying. But eventually there will be like a UFO bro that you're just saying about the crypto world. I think you know what I'm talking about. And I mm-hmm. want you to, I I think that the output of this black box that we're talking about might be a UFO UAP maximalist or a post-disclosure maximalist. What does that guy look like? What does that lifestyle look like? Because there's going to be people, it will affect, where it will affect sort of like, like art. It will affect your career who gets married to who it, there will be a surge in psychedelics, right? We're going to see an immediate surge in psychedelics. You know what I mean? That child rearing will probably take a, take a, take a change. And something is as mundane as memes, like simple mm-hmm. memes. So, so really I looked at what happened to crypto and I sort of like, not, not, I didn't, I didn't, um, shoehorn it on but i sort of well something as disruptive as crypto might be a small 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 very small um representation of what dis the disruption of disclosure might look like no I, i get it i get what you're saying i get the analogy for sure um you know the the thing about um the thing that you know, I think we're discussing here is like, I don't know if they're, I think it, and I want to say this carefully. I think like evolutionarily it might come to a point where the people that aren't paying attention or don't care are the kind of people that will be non-selected for in the future. This is just a hypothesis, but I'm just saying that I think that there's something to these metaphysical beliefs. And there has been throughout the history of, of recorded, you know, uh, civilizations where um, you, you, even if you look at like religion, while religion's done some terrible things in the name of God, obviously, um, you know, you can't deny that it's been successful uh, in some ways too, right? Um, so I look at this kind of like that and this might be the new religion. And I mentioned this to you off air too. Like you can look at this from like almost like a Greek God or Egyptian God pantheon standpoint where, we might be assigning these weird symbols or symbolism, almost like a Carl Jung thing type happening. Um, we might be assigning symbolism to things that might be either natural phenomenon or things that are already here that we're just not able to perceive or um, things of that nature. Um, and that if people don't get on board with it, it's fine. But it's like that might be um, in the future, like, you know, things might trend towards that way. Does that make sense or no? No, it makes perfect sense. And I think that you're absolutely right. Like, that you, we need to be careful about maximalism, right? Like, 
just like it would happen with Bitcoin. There's dudes that are worshiping at the altar of crypto, right? Like there's dudes that are worshiping at this altar in the same exact way. Like you need to be careful. And what I'm worried about is what does the maxi look like? What does that guy look like? Like, is this guy a prepper? Is this guy like some, what is that? What does that person look like? Because unfortunately in our space, all you get is these like neo post new age crystal bitches. You know, I'm not trying to be offensive, but that that's the that's the you that's are. The, but go on, go on. I'm sorry. I, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Don't say that. But basically, that's what I'm saying. Like you're getting like these like like new age people don't have a full. I love, I love new age shit, but they don't have full control. They don't have entitlement and control over this full thing, dude. Like, there's yeah. going to be a post-disclosure dude who doesn't like psychedelics. We've talked about other people, me and you, offline, mm-hmm. right, who think that this has religious uh, ramifications or, the, like, that fit their religion perfectly, right? And then Which, everything... again, I, I'll point out even religions, uh, human constructs, so go on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In these people are post like the the proto post disclosure maxis, where they they try and take their religion and they form fit it onto what they're viewing and seeing and experiencing, right? And mm-hmm. then you're like, well, I'm experiencing something different, or I've seen something different. And and we need to be careful because TikTok and all these other young kids are glomming on to this shit. They're glomming on to all the stories, dude. Like, me and you in this podcast, this dope-ass podcast you're setting up. Thank you, by the way. By the way. Oh, thanks for coming on. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother, by the way. Like, setting up this type of shit, there's gonna be kids that are gonna listen to this and say, "How? what does this mean? What does all this shit mean? Glip Glorp has landed on the White House lawn. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's all done. And like they're gonna go back and they're gonna listen to all the all of this. And then is it only new age crystal bitches? I mean is if, it only if, yeah. if people do listen to this from the if you are from the future and you're listening to this, start listening at episode fifty. That's just a recommendation. Yeah. Very woo until episode fifty. Listen to him. Because the woo, the woo's okay. No, I the love woo, the woo, but you got to. The you gotta, woo had control. The woo you got to dampen it down a little bit, you know. The woo has control. So you get what I'm saying. The woo has control of this space, and what I'm wondering is, what is the like, the like post disclosure digital nomad look like? Like maxi nomad guy look like? Does he work from home? Does she work from home? Does she still get married? Does she send her kids to school where they don't talk about this shit at all? Like, yeah, it's weird. I mean, don't you think that they would have? I just, I would think that they would have a show kind of about what we're talking about right now, or a movie, yeah. right? Because, like, yeah, I mean, I know the movies. You know, obviously, they're going to be sensational and or sensationalized and like try and hit on some of the topics. I haven't seen that movie Nope yet. I don't know if you have. 
I haven't uh, yet, but I love his movies, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. You know, obviously his his um, his uh, um, his themes are interesting, and he's got a, an interesting way of telling stories from a different perspective. And you know, the other thing too is didn't he do like an, a new unsolved mysteries that had like a UFO thing in it or two? I, I, I forget. It was Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. There you go. There yeah, you go. it was Twilight um, Zone. And uh, so like looking at this, do you think that's what inspired him to get into that? I don't know. I wonder, but. I think he's always been into it. Like you think many so? people. Like many people. No, dude. Like I, it, so like I'm a black dude. Right. And I don't, like we talked earlier. I don't want to talk about the particulars of this, but in the black community, it's kind of like, it's you can't be woo and black and there was a there's a cutoff for that like black dudes couldn't even watch anime until 2006 i had Mm. to be fighting you know i had to be i had to fight i had to fight people to watch anime do you know what i'm saying like i had to go to school and they'd be like oh this anime ass (laughs) mother you know what i'm saying like that that happened you you live in detroit you know what I'm saying? You know what what that how that goes down. You know, you like so so like, you know, um I think that he's probably always into it like me or like you or whatever, maybe in secret. Like how, how this goes, man. This is a secret thing. And part of the thing that I'm describing is because it's in secret, there's no narrative. Mm. There's no narrative for this. There's no overarching narrative in the Fortunately, excuse me, not unfortunate. Fortunately, we've all been able to get together in these spaces or podcasts or whatever. But the the per, the per, uh, the pervasive conversation is surrounded around woo, mm. woo, and that's not that's not what I'm into. That's not what do you think he's into? That no, he's probably not into woo. He probably wants to hear what the other. What where that where the other like sort of woo's cool, but I think you are. Yeah, like okay, so like I I love woo, but I I I also set the expectations when I start. You know, I'm like now I'm gonna speculate. Now we're gonna have fun, right? Because it's not, it's no longer to me uh, a tangible intellectual pursuit at that point. It's like a fun thought experiment thing, if that makes sense. And it feels like um like an emotional sort of olympics because yeah. arguments do center around woo it's like woo st- like you're right it's a thought experiment if it was just fun there would be no arguments in the woo spaces hmm. and those still come up you know something i did want to ask you about because you, you you bring up the black community what's the what, what is the same thing what about psychedelics in the black community when, when you were talking about woo but what about psychedelics is that was that stigmatized is there an element of that like i was just curious about that yeah there's still um a stigma unfortunately like there's a stigma with all drugs it, all drugs have a stigma because of the fact that they're associated with crime there's like a crime and not crime there's like a criminal and not criminal element like we don't have the sort of like grace to be like i'm not violent and i'm not a I don't want to, I actually don't even want to say that. Uh, that's an uncomfortable question, actually. Okay. I, I, but I think you might not understand what I'm saying. Like, that's, I don't know. There, there, that exists. And yeah, there's definitely a stigma that I still fight. 
but I still do psychedelics. If you want to ask Dan Freeman, Mike, like, I'll tell you, I wish a lot more black people that I know that have seen gang violence and terrible things. I wish they would do psychedelics. I feel like they're going to miss the ultralight beam. I feel like they're going to miss the ride. You know? Well, I mean, there's certain things happening, right? I mean, California is decriminalized, Colorado, Oregon. I know Ann Arbor and Michigan's decriminalized psilocybin. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that to your point, it's, it's tough. I mean, cause I, I am close in the, the psychedelic space with a lot of different people. I think that, um, you have seen this kind of shift where, um, you have more diversity. And I think that that's good because I think like you mentioned, there's certain things, um, like mental health issues and things like that, that can either be resolved or at least added as another tool that maybe wasn't there before for people that are really struggling. So yeah, that's close to my heart. Obviously we've mentioned my own struggles with mental health and stuff. So, yeah, that's like a, it's, it's unfortunate because it's a totally political question, right? Like, cause right. I gotta, you gotta bring up the FBI. You gotta bring up COINTELPRO. You gotta bring up crack. You gotta bring up all these situations that have affected the black community, especially even recently, bro. Like you gotta right. bring up a lot of questions. And I personally, might have differing views than other people, even in my own community, about that conversation. No, absolutely. Yeah, and I, yeah, I believe and I you. Know. But we can yeah. we can pivot from there. I don't want to, you know, go down a road yeah. you don't want to go to. But I was just curious. Um, so, in terms of like, what new stuff do you are you fascinated by? Like, what what's out there right now? Whether it be um, somebody like a personality or a topic or. Um, a news story or something like, is there anything you're following um, since you do have like an electrical engineering and you are kind of uh, in association with all this stuff? Do you, is there anything that you're looking at right now that really interests you? This might be super boring, but like mundane space travel, like is super interesting to me. Like the fact that like we may be, there may be colonists on Mars in two years. Hmm. Like that's a trip. Like we should all think that's a trip. Like there, we might fuck around and put humans on Mars live and direct, not Pegasus project stuff, but like on Fox, like there might be like a whole economy associated, associated around that very soon. That sounds like, sounds boring, but like that, that, that should trip everyone out you know so so um i just think about that too like do you ever put yourself in position like what if i was the dude one of five people going to mars or whatever like that would be so lonely and i feel like there would be like a depressing being away from like think about being away from home for too long now think about being away from earth for too long like what are the psychological implications of that I just think those dudes are such fucking badasses. And I hope my kids, like, wouldn't it be a dream? Like, like those dudes are like the real cowboys. Like, you're looking at the real, like, you're looking at the real legends. Like, we're, we're in another legend age. Like, like, historians will look back at our decades, right? The, 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 the 2010s, the 2000s, in the 90s. And they'll go, there's no legends. There's no legends. Who's the legend? 
who's the Jesse James? Who's the who's the badass? Who's the Lawrence of Arabia? That doesn't exist. That's not here. That's not that doesn't exist right now, buddy. Lawrence of Arabia does not exist, and it will not exist again. Do you think but that's he, because because of communication now? Like back then, they didn't really, you know, like I think these myths were able to snowball because there wasn't really the information at our fingertips like there is now, if that makes sense. Like now it'd be very hard to create a mythos that would stick, that people would believe kind of like what we're talking about because so many people have so many different resources at their fingertips that they didn't have before. You might be right. It might be a communications sort of thing. Um, Do you mind if I use the restroom? Yeah. This is a terrible thing. I know this is bad podcasting. No, 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 you're fine. I'll, I'll mute you real quick. So, um, so yeah, so interesting stuff so far. Uh, Dan's a really nice guy, really, 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 really um, intelligent dude that's really into this stuff. And, and I love these kinds of conversations. And anybody that's watching this or listening, um, this is the kind of stuff we talk about, like, every day or every other day on the Twitter spaces that we do late night. Um, you know, so go follow. I have Shane, our producer. You can see him down there in the, the live stream, Shane Frakes. I have his link to his Twitter down below. Follow him. He's either co-hosting a space with me or hosting his own space. Um, and also Dan's Twitter's at the bottom too. So go follow Dan. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that, um, I think that these conversations are necessary. And the more the more of these conversations that I have with other people, um, I think that it helps me process the way that I think about these things um, even on a deeper level than I already think about them. Because when you can convey ideas to other people, cool. I was just saying when you can convey and bounce ideas off other like-minded people um, that of topics that you're interested in, I think it even sharpens your, your mind on these topics even more. Cause it's like one thing I, you and I were talking about, like, you know, doing our own research or being weirdos on our own or whatever, and then actually discussing this stuff with other people. And I think it's like a whole different ball game. So. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, sorry. Sorry, folks. Um, Yeah. The Lawrence of Arabia is dead, and that that that, and I talk about this about people bring up like Elon Musk, and like they they like part of the reason that people deify him or they hate him. One of the sad things is like who are the heroes? We there used to be all of these heroes. If you like history, like I think you do, right? I love history. To who, pick your favorite person. I bet you got ten, right? Me? I bet you got ten. Who's who's yeah. your who's your top? Give me top five. Top five is this about to be like top five rappers situation? Detroit. Top five rappers, yeah. Top five rappers, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, top five. Lawrence of Arabia is definitely up there. Um, Genghis Khan or Genghis Khan is probably up there as far as people. Marcus Aurelius. Definitely, I love Marcus Aurelius's meditations. I highly recommend it. You can find it for free in a lot of places. Everybody, go check that out. Yeah, buy it, just buy it and thumb through it. Um, hmm, Shi Huangdi, he was the unifier of China, hmm. he unified China. Um, 
he's the guy that made the uh, terracotta army. Okay. Uh, Akhenaten, mm. probably. He started the Amarna period in Egypt. It was a father of uh, monotheism too, and father of King Tut. Father of King um, Tut. Yep. Um, hmm. I believe he was the son of also Tutmosis, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, hmm. And Thomas Paine, probably. Hmm. Like he's my favorite character to come out of like the Enlightenment. You know, like he's yeah. like a non-military figure, and he's like he was a shoemaker. There's a bunch of people. Like I, it would be hard for me to go top five, but those those five figures, I would say, I wish if you were like, hey, do you, who do you want to sit down with and have a beer with or something? Hmm. Those are my five, probably. I'm trying to think who would be my five. Um, I think I might have to go. Don't think favorite. Think I want to sit down. Yeah, yeah no, no. I, I, yeah. I think Plato and Socrates, or Plato, who's also speaking as Socrates. Um, yeah, that could be cool. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Jerry Garcia. Okay. Uh, obviously, he's dead. I mean, my other her- guitar heroes, Trey Anastasio from Fish, he's alive, but. Something about Jerry Garcia, and he was such into weird esoteric stuff that I just like to have a conversation with him about it. Not even, yeah, music too, but I think the weird stuff he was into uh, is kind of what got me into all the weird stuff I'm into. So, I want uh, you to finish what you're talking about, but that's a gr- like the effect of that stuff on music currently. That is a great conversation, but I want you to keep going. Um, who else? Um. I'm trying to think. This is this is actually a tough one um, because when you do have access to like anybody, um, I would say, um, you know, an interesting one would be uh, the architect of the Great Pyramid because then you could try and figure out like how did you build the Great Pyramid, right? So yeah. like Hemiunu, I think is his name. Yeah. Um. So that you, would be. Why wouldn't you pick Cheops? Like, why wouldn't you pick? Kufu? Well, Khufu wouldn't. wouldn't you pick Khufu probably wouldn't know shit. I mean, he he's just a pharaoh. You right? don't I think mean... he would know like exactly how it went down? Mm. You wouldn't. You don't think he would know like the like particulars? He. I don't know. That's a tough question. That's actually a really good question. Would he know? Because like, look at the historical record of kings and pharaohs and different people in. And some of them are very in tuned and tapped in, and some of them like are like off doing their own shit while other people run run it, right? But Khufu is not that guy. Khufu is the guy, right? So you think Khufu knew? He would be the guy step you by want step. To sit down to. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think if you were gonna pick that, that that's why I picked an Egyptian, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they, I think Khufu. If you want to know who how was it built, I think Khufu would be that. guy. Either he was the guy that was responsible for putting together, I think, the work project, or he was responsible for the propaganda and disinformation campaign. I mean, actually, so, yeah, <laughs> well, 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 that's one of the theories, too, right, is that he came in and just added his own graffiti yeah. car- cartouche, and there was already yeah, a, exactly. a, st- a structure already there. I would say this, though, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I would probably pick Sneferu, and Sneferu 
that people don't know, go back and watch our uh, Mysteries of Metaphysics series 4.5, and I go through the um, the evolution of pyramid building in ancient Egypt, uh, and it starts with these basic mastabas, and then they keep getting bigger with more steps, and then you get the steps step pyramid of Saqqara, and then so like Sneferu, um, I think the first one was the Pyramid of Maydoom, and it's kind of like it, it it's fucked it, like it's messed up like it's it clearly has some structural issues. Uh, the co- the top is kind of like caving in kind of. Um, and then you've got, you know, um, you know, all, all like just this progression happening. And then you finally get to the red pyramid, which I think is the one that looks most like the other pyramids. Um, so you have this, uh, you know, most people think like, oh, you know, there was a lot. I think that we did lose some techniques. Obviously, we still don't understand everything. And to say that we used copper chisels with arsenic in them and that was hard enough to breakthrough Aswan granite I, I don't believe that for one second I think that there's probably other stuff at work uh, but um, I do think that um, Sneferu would probably now that I'm thinking about it be more interesting because um, then you could see like the, the the causal line that led to Khufu from Mastabas yeah. to the Great Pyramid right exactly yeah because like for anybody that's not listening Mastabas are like basically like these like tiered or small steps i think everybody might know in this space right but like right or in this podcast but these small tiered steps these these uh these uh, um these oblong sort of steps and they use them to bury for burials and the more and more steps you would have with these mastabas the the higher and higher status you might have been in in that period and what's interesting is i think i told you before i like i before i chose electrical engineering as my 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 degree i I wanted to be a cultural anthropologist right and the reason why i went away from that is because you don't make any fucking money i don't want to make a i don't want to wear a loincloth in the middle of papua new guinea so uh, money so i guess you know, the thing I find interesting, too, is, like, the dogmatic stuff right now within archaeology. Like, so you have these dogmatic, and I don't want to get too far off topic, but we... I want is, you to go. I want you to go where you're going to go. This is partly history-related, so... Yeah. I don't know if you follow any of, like, archaeology on Twitter, but there's, like, very vocal, like, personalities from academia archaeology on Twitter, and anytime. Atlantis or mystery structures or things pop up, they're right there to take a big old dump on anybody that thinks like that... they were shots structured. Yeah. So like, yeah. um, how do I want to say it? So it's just like, you know, from the standpoint of, um, what's going on, you know, a lot of those people are art history majors, which like, we're talking about megalithic structures and you're an art history major. Like show me the geologist that's an archeologist. Like I want to talk to that dude or chick. I don't want to talk to um, the art history major. Not that they wouldn't have any valuable uh, information to add, but do you get what I'm saying? Like if we're dating megalithic stones, I don't want to talk to somebody that's studied art history. I want to talk to somebody that studied geology. And there's, there's that buddy and I'm looking him up right now, but the dude with the beard that I, I like him a lot. Oh, he was on Joe Rogan. Um, oh, Randall Carlson. Randall Carlson. Yeah, we've had, lo- him on, we've had him on here a couple times. Shut up! Yeah. 
you dude you're impressive you're uh, like the i'm not trying to be impressed i'm just having tra trying to have I'm just no i know have i know cool but i'm gonna give you your flowers do you mind if i give you your flowers I don't you mind like if that. I give you your flowers. I don't like that. Just let but, me. I here you go. Here's your flowers, but I'm giving you. them to you. But yeah, that's I love that guy, and um, he's like I love where he's going because this is a multidisciplined conversation, and so like in engineering, you, you need you, the, the, these are there's a thing called multi like multidisciplinary approaches, like like, you need like to, complexity science sort of yeah. Thing. It's like if if we're trying to build a thing, right? And it's like there are mechanical engineering considerations, and 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 uh, civil engineering considerations, uh, uh, or chemical engineering considerations, or electrical engineering considerations. You need to have everybody at the table because you might miss something. You might miss something that's a glaring, open, and very obvious thing to somebody that is trained in that thing that that it's a multi multidisciplinary approach is like a buzzword that you put on your resume in engineering right mm. like that's like a that's like a thing that you put out there right sure and in, in archaeology i see that a lot particularly as it states as it relates to like um not multidisciplinary engineering but like who the um who the beacon of authority is is it the geologist is it is it the is it the cultural anthropologist is it the egyptologist or for whatever that means or whatever you know mm -hmm. like you know who who who's the who's the authority like like your boy um your boy that wrote wrote underworld and uh fingerprints of the gods graham and, hancock uh, i love him yeah he, he he deserves to be at the table and he doesn't get that um respect he's getting a lot more respect now yeah from people outside of the community that are saying hey fuck you guys you need to listen to him you need to listen to him. <laughs> yeah. that's what it feels like right like you need to listen to this guy well at the very least i look at it like this like at very least He's definitely been right about some things. So, like, one of those things um, is Clovis first. So there is this idea, if anybody doesn't know what Clovis first is, it's the idea that uh, these people that made these Clovis stone tools, um, I think they were found, it was initially in New Mexico, Clovis, New Mexico, I believe. But the idea that these people came over the Bering Land Bridge from, like, 15,000, 16,000 years ago, and those were the first people into America. And that's just complete bullshit because South America teaches a completely different history with far older timelines. There's six, 7,000-year-old Native American mounds in South America, in Central America, and even our uh, North America has many mounds as well that are pretty old. Um, so there's that. They just, in Chiquahite, Mexico, they just found stone tools that date back, like 250 of them in a cave, uh, that date back to like, um, I think 30,000 years ago. Um, and you already have other archaeologists trying to say, oh, well, those are, you know, parts of the cave breaking off that look like stone tools. So there's always like people trying to debunk this idea that stuff is older but we know and then there's now finger there, there's a uh, uh 
footprints that they found that are pretty old in the desert in North America. There's all sorts of different things. There's a cave, I think, in San Diego. There's all sorts of uh, crazy stuff um, that would suggest that the Clovis first uh, paradigm is just BS. And Graham Hancock pointed that out a long time ago. Um, and now you have actual archaeologists talking about this, and it's like, are they going to even mention his name? Because he was advocating for this way before um, any of that stuff. So there's that, um, the whole thing about, like, ancient psychedelic use, which has now become kind of like its own discipline uh, because of the renaissance of psychedelics. Um, There's, like, so many different things that he's brought. And, you know, he's been wrong about things, too, and he's openly... Um, vocal about what he's been wrong about. So that right there, is, to me, is a sign of intelligence. When you're like, hey, I got this wrong, or hey, I'm open, I might have messed this up, or whatever. Like, you don't see that much in academia. You have to, like, twist their arm or, like, you know, basically, like, you know, take them down for that to even be a thing. So It's a, it's a sign of foundedness. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not a sign. To, this is a particular point i'm making and i'm not necessarily disagreeing but when it's not necessarily a sign of intelligence because very dumb people are are smart enough to know when they're wrong right and that's okay like like i like that more do you know what i'm saying like that works and it but it, it founds those people in where they're at where they go hey i'm trying to learn i'm trying to not be dumb hmm. i'm trying to not be dumb in like that's okay. Like, I don't need to be super smart on every subject, every fucking subject. Like, it's okay that it's like, okay. So, so with Graham Hancock, perhaps he doesn't have the tools or the funding or the, or the institutional funding to get him wherever he goes or wherever he needs to go or Randall Carlson to get him wherever he needs to go to get to do the real research they need to do. When people say, hey, I was wrong about this, I look at it like, that was, I personally, and I think particularly people who are looking at this thing where you go, there might be a conspiracy <laughs> to stop these people from, right. from putting the information out. If you think in a small fraction, a small part of your mind, that there might be a league of, of terrible gentlemen <laughs> stopping, you know, Randall Carlson. A bunch of Mr. Putting, Burns's. A bunch of Mr. Burns's from putting from Randall Carlson putting the good information out, then him saying, hey, I was wrong, should lend some credence to who that man is or mm. or, or, or Graham Hancock, right? And to what we were talking about in, in cultural anthropology, I, I, I wanted to finish this small statement. Yeah. Civilization and the definition—the definition of civilization—is a very weird and loosely defined definition, and it, it is defined by the building of monuments, right? Writing, agriculture, and the domestication of animals, and you—and that those are the definite—that is the definition of civilization. You and that slider that means definition civilization continues to move you've we've seen that with gobekli tepe right and all of these other like new things that we've these new these new places that we found and cultural anthropology is having a harder and harder time defining what civilization means in the face of the fact 
that they know humans are so much older than civilization. Yeah, I mean, scrambling. It used to be a hundred. Homo sapiens used to be 150,000 years old. Now they're saying closer to like three or 400,000 years old. They're scrambling, dude, to be like, okay, the only thing we can do is move the slider back and say we made civilization before the Younger Dryas or before, you know, any of these cataclysmic events. And the, the, the thing that they should do is sort of open it up to people like Randall Carlson and go, fuck these definitions. Definitions have killed anthropology. Like, like, if they have killed anthropology, it like science, the, the scientific approach in anthropology, meaning like, you know, the scientific sort of uh, method, right? Where it's like observables. Uh, 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 yeah, but isn't I mean it's so it's a humanity, so it's not even like an empirical science like biology or whatever. Well, so. see, this is what here's what happened: forensic forensic anthropology entered culture entered anthro- the study of anthropology and sort of fucked it. That's what fucked anthropology. So right. So my question though is like, so why? Why do we why do they focus on like the physical things and they don't I don't ever see archaeologists and I'm sure that they do exist and it's probably more anthropologists too but how come they're not discussing more of like the the pantheon of gods and like the beliefs that led to them doing all these incredible things they never they never talk about that. It's always like the physical, you know, the pottery yeah. or, or the layers of sedimentary that, or whatever. Yep. It's never like, oh, these gods or this pantheon of gods or whatever, this creation story. It's oh, That stuff's always downplayed. Like, why do you think that is? Yeah, you're hitting it on the head, Mike. You're hitting it on the head. And it happened when forensic anthropology sort of entered the study of anthropology and merged anthropology which was typically thought as a social science into a scientific science you need to be clear about what science is it's a word game Mm -hmm. you need to be clear about what science is and what humanities are right the word social science is sort of the dicky little weirdness of what happened right like cultural anthropology and forensic anthropology shouldn't be in the same school in colleges like the dude that figures out that your wife killed you and if now you're a lifetime special is in the same school of people that figure out whether or not you are from some Polynesian culture that came across the Pacific. Right. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's the same, but it's this in the same school. Like forensic anthropology is like what the FBI uses. You, you dig? To yeah. like to, to sort of figure out if you were murdered by your wife. And that now, Mind like, Hunter show. I don't know if you've seen. Find, that. Yeah, I love that show. Great I show. I hope. It. I hope they do a new season. I think I, they canceled it, buddy. Uh, I think they canceled. It. I think they canceled. It. I hate when I they think do they that. Fucked around and canceled it. I think it fucked around and canceled my show. But yes, like these two studies should not be in the same school. But from a funding standpoint, they're in the same school, and that happens with the social sciences in general. Because everybody's trying to merge themselves to some STEM school because STEM is get, get, gets money, mm-hmm. right? Like, so you find that a lot in academia. So you fu- yeah, go ahead. 
no i was just gonna say so like okay so we're talking about like the like looking into like i've always been fascinated with the origins of things so like at some point i realized i can i can save myself a lot of time with all the research and these different topics whether it be ancient civilizations philosophy whatever if i go straight to the source and figure out what's going on and i can see you know it was there any sort of cognitive bias were they you know prisoners of the time um were they just they didn't have knowledge of this or that like so going to the origins of things you start to see you start to build pictures and i i get like imagery in my head like i'm a very visual person in my own head if that makes sense when i like when I'm trying to come up with ideas, I visualize them. When I come up with concepts, I visualize them. When somebody's on some sort of Twitter space and they're talking about physics, I try and envision what yeah. they're talking about in my mind. That's a smart thing to do. Um, that, that's a smart thing to do, Mike. Uh, so I'm always doing that. So I'm always looking at the origins of things and I'm always trying to visualize things. So um, I don't understand how they don't apply that to this kind of a thing. And I understand the scientific method. I understand they have to adhere to certain protocols and this and that. Uh, but I just think that it's always going to be this like slow crawl when they could be making leaps, you know, and I think that applies no. to a lot of different disciplines too, not just archaeology. And, the, and this, this is the problem. It's a funding problem. When they marry a lot of these things that shouldn't be considered. This is my biggest gripe. It's just because it doesn't adhere to the scientific method and people are my peers would rip me apart. And that's why I'm so happy my face isn't on. <laughs> this is I'm, I'm, this is this is the most I promise you, this is the most critical thing I'm going to say. The scientific method requires repeatability. Mm -hmm. Some shit you just can't repeat. Absolutely. You can't say, hey, what's the percentage? Don't... Isn't only like 30 percent of scientific papers have repeat or have been able to be repeated or repeatability you can't do it dude you, repetition doesn't exist in a lot of study particularly even like with we're talking about like anthropology like let's not even go to the ufo thing let's just take the anthropology thing for a second when you come at anthropology with a scientific approach cultural cultural anthropology how the fuck do you repeat that those processes but you're trying to go in there as scientists because scientists get more money. Scientists get more respect. Scientists get, get the, 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 the credentials to go in there and tell you to get the fuck out of the room. Not to cuss. I'm sorry I'm cussing a lot, but I'm a ragtag motherfucker. That's what I do. This is how this goes. And it's unfortunate because there are so many studies that should be held in another school. It shouldn't, like, 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 I don't believe anthropology and the study of these things are scientific ventures, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't be held to the same regard. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be held to the same regard. Like, cultural anthropology and forensic anthropology should be dismembered from one another. Do you not agree? Like, yeah. I think you might agree. No, no, I, I, I agree. And I think that... Look, I think that let's say you want to study megalithic structures. You should have to get a geology degree to do that. You shouldn't be able to take some sort of art history. Uh, but degree. instead, Mike, you have to take an art history degree. Or at worst, you have to figure out how to identify how somebody was murdered to get a grant to go study and get funding 
to go to Gobekli Tepe or go to Turkey or yeah, go that's to crazy. wherever these places are to go study these things. That's how funding cycles is really where schools funding cycles or, or what they call charge objects. That's a little word that I'm going to give you is how this shit works is the, 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 the Congress or the state Congress comes up and says, we're going to allocate Mike an amount of money to go study sea pigeons over in Willenatchee, nowhere. And then Let's you go, do it. okay, come on. Sea and then pigeons. we go, all right, boy, we're going, but then they allocate that money to a particular school. And then that school holds a group of people. And then in that school, they'll go, well, we got forensic anthropologists and we got cultural anthropologists, right? Even though we're not studying skeletons at all, the the final say and the final word on the matter will be the most scientific, quote unquote, person in the room. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, I, I 100% understand what you're saying. Um, and you see that with Zahi Hawass a lot. Like yeah. Zahi Hawass. Right? I love how he just talks shit about people that were on Ancient Aliens and then literally he was on an episode of Ancient Aliens himself. Yes. Um, so it's like that kind of stuff. And we actually, one of the only videos that we had taken down off um, YouTube was one of our earlier episodes where Maurice and I, we did a, okay, so there was this thing that was called Egypt Live. It was on like Discovery Channel and they were uncovering, um, they found some like high priest of Thoth's um, uh, tomb and they were like going through it and it was supposedly the first time it was opened that they went in there and it seemed like they had already been in there. It seemed like they knew where to go, what to do. And they were pretending like it was the first time that they opened this thing. And we were just being critical, you know, like, and like things like, you know, when you open these things, you're not supposed to like breathe in the air. You have to like air these things out because there's all sorts of stuff that gets trapped in there. Yeah, obviously, and, stuff. Yeah. and like all the stuff that happened to Howard Carter. I mean, people could yeah, say yeah. it was like a curse, but, yep. Yeah, yep. but there's all sorts of stuff that can happen. Um, so there's that aspect of it. And then, so we were like critical of it, right? And we called it like Egypt Live Review and like Josh Gates' show, what it's called, um, I forget. Anyways, um, so we were critical of that and whatever. And I don't know what it was, but we were like talking uh, shit about Zahi the whole time. And uh, somebody complained from Discovery Channel and had the video taken down. And I challenged it because it was all original I'd content. Sure video taken? Yeah, it was, all, it was all original content. So like I, I fought it and like, we won and they put it back up, but it was just like, well, what kind of bullshit is that? You know? So, um, but yeah, so I, I want to pivot a little bit here since we're kind of talking about history. You brought, brought up Gobekli Tepe a few times. Do you think, and I, I know a, a good amount about Gobekli Tepe, but do you think that, um, do you think that that was the first zone or center of civilization? Um, oh, no. Okay. Oh, that, that, no. that was my first yeah. question. And then my other question would be, would be um, did we domesticate ourselves? Um, Ooh, I like that question. So, so like, okay, so we look at everything that we've domesticated, dogs, cats, you know, whatever, domesticated animals, you know, the animal husbandry, all that kind of stuff. Um, did we domesticate ourselves, and if so, why? Was it because we were dealing with some sort of trauma from when we used to be nomads? And we realize the earth is nowhere to, you know, like maybe there was a super volcano or, you know, we know about like Lake Toba 74,000 years ago. We know about, um, 
you know, the history of that kind of stuff. I think New Zealand's had a few of those. Uh, we know Yellowstone is due every 200,000 years or so for some sort of event. Um, so like, I think about things like that. Like, did we calm, did we settle ourselves down because the earth was hostile after the younger Dryas? Did we, you know, like what was going on that led to that? So like, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I have so many thoughts. Um, Gobekli Tepe. The only reason that we, so remember uh, definitions matter, right? So like, that's why I brought up the definition of civilization. You know, I'm, I'm going to say them again. The building of monuments. You see that in Gebekli Tepe. Mm-hmm. Writing. We can say the, the, the petroglyphs and the hieroglyphs we're seeing in Gebekli Tepe. Yeah, the, the T-pillars the definitely have a ton of symbolism. Not just the yeah. animals, but there's other, yeah. it looks like writing symbolism too. And, and the domestication of animals. Let's just say that they did that. Let's just say that they domesticated animals. There's a fourth one in cultural anthropology, which is agriculture. That is what we have no proof of, from my understanding, and we haven't found. Yeah, there's and, no proof of animal husbandry. Uh, yeah, they th- that people say that they are like hunter-gatherers, and then they hunted their favorites, and then brought them back. Or but there is... There is proof, right. though, of beer making and possible wheat harvesting exactly. and exactly. grain harvesting. So, yeah. So, we, because you're not finding large scale agriculture, what I would say is it doesn't fit the typical civilization um, definition, which I just hate. Do you understand? Mm. Like this yeah, is like there's a scientific mating with cultural anthropology and forensic anthropology where they're asking for these things to say, is this a civilization? And right. what I would say is what this looks like is a bunch of people who perhaps were super advanced. It would be like me, you and your boy up the street who we get blasted into oblivion or we don't have shit together. And it's like, Hey bro, can we make something like you hmm. remember before? Do you, can we make something like you remember before? Like, let's get together and try and do something like you remember before. That's the vibe I get from Go Back to Jeffy. That's the vibe I get from a lot of these, like, these sort of earlier, these some of these. Yeah, I mean, sites. look, there's Karahan Tepe. There's some other sites now that are in Turkey. Like, Turkey is going to be, I mean, there's a hot spot of definite, like, very old stuff around Gobekli Tepe, not just Gobekli Tepe, Karahan Tepe. And like I said, there's a few other sites. So, And you asked a question after Gobekli Tepe, and I, I would ask you to sort of re-ask that. Yeah, so like what do you think? Did we domesticate ourselves, or is there something else at play that we're just not aware of? If you ask, So I think that if you were to say, so there's some assumptions that I'm going to ask you. How old do you think humans are if i was going to ask you and this isn't a pressing like question, homo sapiens is, sapiens or yeah, like, like genetically if like somebody took a your your mouth swab and then they mouth swab somebody a long time ago to some date that you yeah see. i mean like i said how I mean, far do you go back there's some research pointing even back to like three fifty four hundred thousand years ago which is a very very long time Okay, so if you, I agree with conservatively, you. conservatively, I would say like two hundred thousand. Okay, two hundred thousand. That's fine. So what you, what somebody off the street, not you, might tell me is that two hundred thousand years ago, me and you 
who are walking around with the same hardware in loincloths, in tiger stripes. And we didn't decide to build monuments. We didn't decide to hunt, to, to write. We didn't decide to, maybe it took us a couple of years, but it didn't take us 200,000 years considering how old our current civilization is. It, that, yeah, that, that makes but no you mentioned, You mentioned something that's interesting. You said hardware, and I would agree with that. But what about the software? Because I think that that is something that yeah. could so be, yeah. could put, could have been evolved or had some sort of alteration at some point. Or well, you know, you have Terrence McKenna's Food yeah, of the Gods. I love that. I you love know, that. recently there was a paper out that debunked the whole meat. The, the cooking of the meat and getting the proteins and, and the doubling of the brain size. So that's actually kind of out of the picture now. So what we really have is new hunting techniques um, to, to hunt megafauna um, and stuff like that. And then we also have, um, you know, this idea of maybe entheogens. And I'm not aware of anything else. I don't know if you can add anything to that, but that's kind of, it was interesting because it seemed like meat, cooked meat and hunting were the two main ones. And now it seems like. No, seafaring. Seafaring oh, is yeah, like seafaring. a huge one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seafaring is like a huge one. That's the game changer, buddy. Like right. seafaring is the game changer, right? Like the ability to get people to say, think about it like, hey, buddy, you're starving. Your kids are starving. Stop what you're doing. We're going to go build a fucking boat and go to somewhere we don't even need it. Like know where we're going. Like that's huge. And like the idea of that is huge. You right, know like, about like Thor Heyerdahl and Kontiki? Yeah, Kontiki is huge, right? Yeah. Like that's that that's that kind of refutes the whole Clovis first thing, right? Yeah. Like that kind of sort of goes against that. And if I anybody really, doesn't know, I've mentioned it many times that Thor Heyerdahl, um, he was like an ethnographer, you know, kind of like a scientist, worldly guy, and he basically made a boat um, out of all of the indigenous plant material and foliage on the coast of Chile. And was able to float all the way to like Easter Island, basically. So, this idea that people weren't able to get around with basic stuff is nonsense because they built a boat. I don't it. believe that they went in that direction. I think right. They went no, no, the they just drifted. Direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they actually came from the Polynesian. I so, actually, do you know about the? the I do. <laughs> Easter Island is one of the things I know probably one of the most about we've done like a four part series. Go on off, it. baby. Go off, so, baby. So, like, so there is so. There's mythology on the, the, the island. There's the uh, Hanu Epe and the Hanu, I forget the other one, but there's the long ears versus the short ears. And they think that, um, I forget which one's which, but one of them was the Polynesian people and they had their own time on the island. And then there was the, the South American people. Now, the interesting thing is recently there was a study where they found uh, that the Rapa Nui people had a small percentage of pre-colonial South American DNA or, you know, pre whatever you want to call it, you know, um, Colombian, whatever. Um, so where did that come from? It would have had to come from South America. And there's two, there's something that's very interesting. There's a, um, one of the Ahu, which is Ahu are the altars the that, that yeah. the Moai stand on. Um, they're yeah. like, you know, so the, uh, there's one called Ahu Vinapu, and it looks exactly like Saxe Woman in South America. And I've done a lot of comparison between cultures and stuff like that. Um, so there's some interesting stuff there. Um, not to mention, 
and I, this is my own theories, but you look at like what happened on the island, and I think that there's a couple of different things that happened. One, they accidentally brought rats with them, which ate all the uh, uh, the uh, palm nuts, which prevented any more palm trees from growing. Uh, also, they were eating the, the seabirds that were actually bringing seeds to the island unknowingly to them in uh, like kind of like pollinating the island. Um, and then, you know, that basically the deforestation and all that kind of led to some sort of a resource fall off. Um, but I had some interesting thoughts. So like there is a lot of like psychedelic looking artwork and stuff like that. There is a, um, uh, acacia tree, ca- uh, acacia caverns, I believe, that does have psychoactive compounds that can be smoked, um, that has DMT. Um, there's also, you know, have you heard of inebriated fish or um, a fish yeah, inebriation? They, yeah, okay, so. They, do that to, they sort of nullify the fish in order right. to catch them in a river or whatever. So, like, there's these fish. If you eat, there's an episode of Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia on this where. I love Hamilton. Yeah. They eat yeah. all the fish heads. Um, yep. I think it's Reunion Island off the coast of Africa. And there's certain fish that they think are oh. eating coral that have uh, yeah, psychoactive compounds. Yeah. Yes. So so my theory is, is like one of the hypotheses on Easter Island is that when all the resources on land that they brought and were able like animal husbandry and uh, agriculture and all that, when all that ran out, they started to do like fishing and like maybe my hypothesis is that they went to the shallower parts and started to some of these reef fish that were eating um, uh, some of the stuff, you know, like like I mentioned, like possibly psychoactive corals and things like that. Uh, they don't know exactly what causes that, by the way. Uh, but anyways, there's this thing called like the ghost chief ghost fish or something like that. It's found in Hawaii. That's one of them, which Hawaii is not that far, but I did look, there is fish indigenous to that area that would be able to produce that. So if you're no longer able to build a canoe and go fishing for tuna or bigger fish, you're going to stick to the shallows and, and, and what's there. And there's element of cannibalism that happened on the island. There's actually a, a place on Easter Island called Cannibal Cave, um, and there's a lot of like weird stuff. So my my thoughts is there was a lot of stuff happening there. But once the resources started to run out, um, possibly some sort of psychoactive compounds at play. You have different cults like the um, uh, the bird cult, the Birdman cult um, versus like so the, the Birdman cult. The the Birdman cult is sort of what got me into this as I came into cultural anthropology. Okay, like with the like the reeds. There's some interesting thing with these these reed boats and how they describe reed boats, and particularly like chickens and potatoes. Mm. Like chickens and po- potatoes and chickens are from the like Polynesia. Like chickens are from Indonesia. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're finding chicken bones. They'll never fucking talk. Yeah, and I think sweet potatoes are from South America. I think that plays into what we're talking about. Exactly. And and they even say that sweet potatoes may have come from Indonesia before that. Mm. Like in tarot. So 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 they even say that like there's this the birdman thing. There's these steps. There's these steps where the Polynesians sort of brought them there with the trade winds. And that's, I'm not saying that the Polynesians were more um, sophisticated than South America, but they used the trade winds, right? Because if mm. you look, if no matter how far, if you know about the Birdman culture, right? No matter how yeah, what far is it, you... Tangatu Manu or something like that? Yeah. No matter how far you drifted west or sailed west, 
you could always find your way back home. Uh, excuse me. No matter how far you drifted east, you could always find your way back home west. So, so because of the trade winds, right? So you could fucking fuck up and go off course and be like, turn this bitch around. <laughs> Mike, turn it around, bro. We, we, we drifted off course. Go home. Look, we need to go home. The trade winds will bring you back into the island chain and you'd be fine. Like the the whole geology of the world has. Yeah, sort and of... there's there's a mythology too to, to the beginning of um, um, uh, Easter Island too. I think it's King Hotu Matua. I forget what island is it. Uh, the Marquesas Islands, maybe. Anyways, this this king sent seven scouts. Um, he had a dream. He sent seven scouts out to look for this island where they would all move to. These dudes found an island. They came back, and that ended up being Easter Island. And now the only seven Moai that face outward are these seven scout Moai that are looking out to the sea. The rest of them face inwards. Yeah, and and it, the sh- it's obviously, if you look on, at the map on where the Easter Islands are, and you look at the trade winds and how they line up, imagine yourself on a on a on a catamaran hmm. setting out. Going up and down, down the California coast, like the Blue Dolphins, you know, the Blue Dolphin and the Paiute Indians or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you're down, going down the California coast, you're a Polynesian or whatever, you're Moana out there setting out. And then you go down and then you sweep back across the Easter Islands and then it will set you back. You don't need to be a good sailor if you come from the Polynesians. Mm. That's why the Contiki sort of, the, the like, not the cone. I think the cone, the one the the, the 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 theory that thinks that they came from South America makes less sense than the theory that that makes them think that they came from the Polynesian because it actually requires less sailing skills. Well, because I think you, the, I think the original people were from Polynesia, but I do think yes, that there, there's yes. there's influence later on from South America that was well, pre-Columbian. Yes. Once you lock it in. Once you lock it in, you're good to go because there's actually the Kofun culture in Japan. They found a Japanese people in the Kofun culture in Ecuador. The Kofun, the Kofun Japanese Ecuador connection is super interesting as well because the Japanese are, are, are also a, a Pacific Island people. Hmm. There is a Japanese connection because the early, uh, the uh, Aku people, the Ahu people, or the Aku people, the early Japanese that were like dark. They were like dark and they had like dreadlocks and like, you know, they also look Polynesian. The early Japanese that made these Kofun sort of sort of uh, burial mounds, they they also were more like uh, Tongans, Micronesian, like Micronesians and Polynesian peoples. They there is evidence that there that the Japanese made it to Ecuador. So by I'm agreeing with you, Mike, in that. Yeah. I think that once the, the the passage was found, perhaps Easter Island was a re- Indiana rest stop. Hmm. Perhaps Easter Island was this Indiana rest stop where they went, all right, dude, there's not a lot for a long time. There's not no, a lot for a and, long time. And, and it is I, one of the most desolate islands in the Pacific. Yes. Uh, yes. In the world, actually, for that matter. Um, and, and so to anybody that's looking for more information on this, I would just – so. We do have a series. It's uh, Easter Island. It's like a three-part series. 
part one, I go through all the academic theories and hypotheses. Part two, I go through all the alternative and fringe and my own takes on things. And then part three is kind of like a follow-up of both of those. So if anybody's interested and just wants more knowledge on like Easter Island and we, you know, I go into like even the more interesting stuff with the stone, like the volcanic tuff and uh, the red scoria and all the different stones that were used on the different Moai um, and the history of them and everything. One thing I found that was really interesting um, through the process. So like, Doing that, there is more, there is some mystery there, but there, like some of the things I thought were mysterious were not that mysterious, and things that I looked into, I end up finding more mystery, but just in other places, if that makes sense. But um, one of them is that the, the original Moai from the island, and some of them I think are in the British Museum, are made out of basalt, like, like a very hard rock. And there's no basalt quarry on Easter Island. And the only thing that's I've seen that's been hypothesized is Jacques Cousteau who was one of like when I was like five and six and seven Jacques Cousteau was like I mean I can't even that's like one of the first initiations into the mysteries for me was like this this show about him going you know I was all into like dinosaurs and sharks and underwater and all sorts of shit so he was like my hero anyways he was they were diving off the edge of um, Easter Island and he found uh, what looked like basalt quarries underneath water with like things cut out and like diff- weird grooves and things like that so I you know I, I would say it's hypothesized and I think R- Robert Schock who's a geologist a fringe you know researcher and some of the alternative stuff too I mean he's got a degree he from Yale and he teaches I think at um, Boston University one of those universities uh, but he speculated that maybe, you know, after or pre-Younger Dryas, when the water levels were lower, that's where they would have gotten that material from. So this maybe dates it back. To maybe there was earlier, uh, maybe people were coming and going or even earlier than suspected. Because actually, Easter Island is considered to be not that old. We're talking like three to 500 A.D. or two, 200 to 500 A.D., which I would say it's probably older than that from my own um, looking into it, but that's where academia has everything, and even some some of them go with 700 AD. So um, it's that's not as the, the, sorry. Oh, that's why the no, vibe no, I get from it. That's why the vibe I get from Easter Island is it feels like a like a rest stop. Yeah, right? no, that's like, a great point, and I actually I've thought about that, but um, you're the only person that I've ever heard say it. So yeah, no, yeah. If you look at it from an anthropological perspective, it feels like a rest stop. In this whole idea that, like, oh, they they over harvested all you, of the resources. Yeah, but on but their do you think island. it's possible that both could be true? Do you think that they could have gotten stop, stopped there as a rest stop, and maybe yeah, like, maybe yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. the 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 climate or the winds yes. or whatever was so fucked up that they yes. just stayed there and then they got stuck there or something. It's almost like a pirate island, right? Like you yeah. see, like that happened in Madagascar and Nassau and all these other like pirate islands throughout history where it's like you see a blip in history where like people get super excited and sort of found themselves and locate themselves in these these positions and they they fuck it off they're like oh shit boys we're here you know it's like okay you know and then they they fuck it off i wanted to answer your question about domesticating have we domesticated ourselves yeah let's get back to that and i and i and i and Part of, and I think I said this to you a few nights ago, Mike, and I said, one interesting thing that I've heard, and I don't know, is that, you know about Stamets and stuff. Stamets, right? Yeah, Paul Stamets. 
he said I would love to get him on the show but if you're listening oh, Paul God, and, you, and I know you're not Paul, listening but I would love to get Paul listening. on the show don't don't say that because my heart would just flutter dude my heart would flutter I'm too I'm I'm a piece of shit and I know no, I don't deserve Paul <laughs> but he said it might have been Paul but somebody said perhaps psilocybin domesticated humans to bring us to be interdimensional like perhaps psilocybin domesticated humans to make us interdimensional and that that I, I that blew my mind it's like it, like they didn't have the legs and the arms to do they weren't the fungoid you know humanoid species yeah do what needs doing and they sort of saw us as a tool but also saw us as a friend to sort of make us into in in you know so in Paul Paul in in that Joe Rogan episode he oh, talks yeah. about how right. he talks about how fungus was some fungus were these meadow makers and then they chose they chose the species that lived after do you remember that yeah he, they chose the species that lived after. Fungus choose the species who were on top. And an interesting, an interesting fact is we're actually closer evolutionarily to, to fungus, fungus than fungus is to plants, yeah. believe it or it's not. It's like the eukaryotic and prokaryotic difference. And, and the thing is, is, is fungus may be choosing who the, it's like an AI. So, so it, it, when you're programming an AI, right, you use something called a champion challenger model where you run a bunch of thing, you run a bunch of systems to create a neural net to say, this is the model or the algorithm I'm going to use. If this one doesn't create, like if black people put their hands on under the soap dispenser and it doesn't give you soap, yeah, you need another one. So, but the champion yeah, is that's the, messed is, up, bro. It was. No, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm black. I can say that. <clears throat> but it, but like, you put yourself in a position where you have this model or this algorithm. I meant the dispensers you, messed up. But go on. Yeah, yeah. But somebody made them. So the thing is, is there's there's these things called champion challenger models, right? Where you have a champion model that is the AI that gives you the output. You put an input in, and it gives you an output. And the only way to change that is challenging the champion model with a new output that finds that that gives you more favorable outputs. Perhaps fungus are running a gigantic champion challenger model with mm. us dinosaurs and all these other things. I like it. And they're saying, and they're because they were here first, and they're saying, "I like humans best." Perhaps these ones. Or best to bring Dude, us to this, the next dimension. This this goes to something we were talking about. I don't know if you were in the space, but I was talking about how, so like one of the main theories on why, you know, psilocybe mushrooms produce psilocybin is that to keep like plants, or I mean not plants, animals and bugs and stuff away. Like it does something to, you know, um, basically, I'm not like a natural uh pesticide but something along those lines anyways um i have a different theory i had a intense psychedelic experience uh like five grams silent darkness meditation that's my favorite way to do it i get the best ideas and i can kind of like flow through everything 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had some sort of, first of all, I was shown that like, this is the realm of imagination, okay? And things can be taken from the realm of imagination and brought into this reality and used. Um, so that was one weird aspect of it. The other thing was the purpose of that, and I got the feeling that we are meant to consume these things, whether it be occasionally or whatever, uh, it makes us better people if we have the right intentions, and it makes us want to take care of the earth, which in, t- in turn takes care of the, the uh, fungi and the mycelium. And um, if, I don't know if anybody knows this, but like one third of the ground you walk on is mycelium, whether it's fungus. The largest organism in exactly. the is a, is a honey fungus. So, in, in, yeah. so that's that's this like weird thing that I had, which is that we, it's not for the animals or the, the, the bugs or whatever. It's because it's intentionally kind of trying to program us, kind of like what you're talking about. It was weird that you brought that up because I've kind of had similar thoughts in the past about that. Yeah, my question, Mike, is who's driving? Who's driving, buddy? Who's driving? Uh, I don't know. Are we driving or are the fungus driving? Because you're bringing up this, like, you know, stoned ape theory type shit, and I don't like that because it's diminishing, but I believe it. I believe it. And this is the thing is, I think when when Paul Samus brought up the meadow makers, right? Do you remember when he was talking about the meadow makers? Fungus choose who lives and who dies in in a in a in a, in a roundabout way. And even matter. even in a, in a, a realistic like cordyceps mushrooms and some of these mushrooms cordyceps uh, i love cordyceps act as like you know turn these insects or you know different things into zombies and has them do their bidding for them and then you know reproduce by the way everybody should take cordyceps if if you don't take caffeine don't don't eat a lot of caffeine so it's like like a neurotransmitter standpoint you think it's really good it's really good it gives you a lot of caffeine like there's a there's like these chinese it's it's I, I'm all into that as well, like sort of holistic medicine. Sure. Take cordyceps gives you a lot of energy. Lion's mane's good for you too. Lion's mane's great. Um, turkey. Be careful tail, where you source it though, too. Make sure you source them from quality. Source it from Stamets. Source it from Stamets. He has a company called Host Defense, and I don't yeah. want to shout it out, but I, I don't know if I can shout it out. But I that's where I, I think buy it's it. fine. Reishi, um, cordyceps, turkey tail. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these mushrooms. I What's the one take, he was talking about from the old growth forest of Washington? Agaricon. Uh, is that the agaricon mushrooms? Agaricon yeah. mushrooms are like the god mushroom. It looks like a big yeah. beehive, kind of too. Yeah, it does. It does, and it requires a long time to grow. Oh, I'm sure. But but the the thing the thing that we're talking about here, Mike, and I fucking love this conversation. Dude, thank you so much for inviting me on this podcast. Dude, you're welcome anytime. Look, I say this: if anybody's interested, always send me. If you want to be on, or you got something interesting to say, let's let's talk about it. It's not just for somebody that wrote a book or the top of their field. I love having these conversations with people like you, people that are interested, people that are passionate, people that are intelligent, that have done their research, that have done their homework. That's that's where it's at. Yeah, thank you, man. Um. I, I think there's an interesting argument to be made that fungus chose humans mm. to be here. In, in Do you think they position. domesticated us to bring it back? Yes. Well, you asked you asked <laughs> me about have we domesticated ourselves. I think perhaps fungus have domesticated humans 
because we are the most likely beings to bring us to the next step. Let's, to bring we, them. We got to write this paper them. up right now. Stone domestication theory. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of my like working theory or whatever. And I think that, that fungus has domesticated humans particularly because we are most likely to bring fungus, these fungus to some panspermatic next step to go to their next step throughout mm. the next dimension. Right. Because, because the meadow maker thing, right. I'm, I keep bringing that up. Yeah, no, no, they I, I agree. They choose who live and who dies, right? I mean, we're already so, crashing tardigrades on the moon. We might as well start dropping off spores in other places. And they might have said, hey, I don't like this species. Let's get rid of them. You think the or, dinosaurs like these things are just, they're maybe trampling not the dinosaurs. us. They're trampling us. Send in, the, send in the comet. Send in the asteroid. But the dinosaurs might have been like cows, right? Like maybe not the dinosaurs, but something that would have been like like more more like us, like squids or octopus octopi or something yeah, smaller dude, octopi well. fucking baffle me i stopped eating crazy octopus. i stopped eating octopus i only eat calamari because dude fuck squids bro have you ever seen these videos of humboldt squid off the coast of california I love humboldt trying to drop they're trying yes. to drown surfers and all sorts of people they call them red devils down at california crazy. i actually i actually fish i just two years ago i chartered a tuna fish el, tuna el rojo diablo or... yeah yeah <laughs> Just two years ago, I chartered a tuna fishing trip off the coast of California. Um, I love fishing, but I will tell you, squid are the most are the scariest devices that the the universe has ever made. They eat each other. They 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 don't care. Like, but they're too smart for what they are. Like, they have reached that threshold where they're like so smart that they know they're eating each other and don't care you know what i mean like it's this weird situation I, but yeah, yeah that's that's what i would say about um um about you asked me a question about it, whether or not we've domesticated ourselves i think there's an argument to be made that fungus has domesticated humans because we are the most likely option to bring them to the next step hmm I like it. Yeah. And I, I, I don't discount it either. It's not like that I could believe knowing what and if I you know. Take, if, you t- if you take psilocybin, you, f- you, can, you can feel that shit. I wonder, it's almost like it's looking back at you. Yeah. And, it's and almost like it's looking back at you. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the entity because like, I have had weird entity experiences on psilocybin. Is, that, is the entity the actual... Um, that's just so weird. I guess there could be some sort of entanglement thing happening there. Um, I don't know how that would work or some, you know, I don't know. So are you into Star Trek? Do you watch Star Trek? I am going to, people are going to hate me, dude. I, I never, I could never get into Star Trek. I've tried. Okay. I just never could do it. I, I'm, huh. I won't I'm more of like a black mirror guy, if that makes sense, than like a no, Star Trek. No, that's fine. I, I like that. But I'm going to tell you something that you, that might make you want to watch the new Star Trek. On, okay. on CBS. I've seen the, the movies, new the newer movies. I That's all I've seen, though. So there's a new Star Trek on CBS called Dark Star Trek Discovery, and they're, the new jump drives that they use are called Massilium Drives, and the creator of that drive is Paul Stamets. <laughs> are you serious? I'm dead-ass serious, dude. Fucking look that shit up. I'm fucking serious, dude. I'm so serious. I just said that, and, I, and Siri just put... 
pulled up on my <laughs> I couldn't hear what you were saying. I am so serious. Paul Stamets d- developed the new drum jump drive. Really? Star Trek. Yes, dude. In Star Trek Discovery. Yes. And <laughs> one of his descendants is in the series. That's crazy. He's the engineer in the new series. How crazy is that? That is crazy. Okay, so so it but in the series what they talk about is these mycelium connections. Where these where oh, the fungus is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can have these like quantum jumps, right? Well, and what they're trying to get at is you know how like the honey mat, the honey ma- the honey mushroom mat mm-hmm. in 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 um Hood Mount Hood National Forest, you know the biggest the biggest uh uh uh, uh organism is yeah. in is in yeah so how the con- the connection and the quant like the, what they suggest is that there's a quantum connection between how one side of that mat can metabolize something and immediately communicate that with something on the other side of that mm. mat as though there's some quantum entangled connection in communication like a mushroom can eat a piece of plastic on one side of the mat and figure out how to eat a piece of plastic and move that through the mycelium mat enzymatically understand how to eat that piece. Dude, of that plastic. could be what's really happening. Like instead of like yes, morph- morph- morphic resonance or like yes, collective unconscious, it could be the collective mycelium. Mycelium understanding. It's a, uh, a, 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 Yes. Let me throw something out there. This is something I brought up. We had this philosopher. Um, he's also written books, and he's also like a psychedelic philosopher. His name's Peter Shersted Hughes. Uh, he wrote this book called Modes of Sentience. Um, you would probably like it a lot. Anyways, um, what's it called? Sorry, I'm, I it's, it's called I Modes of Sentience. Okay, keep going. And uh, yeah, we've had him on a couple times. He's a really good guy. Anyways. Um, when he was on last time, I had like an epiphany, like while we were talking and I was just thinking like, what if, you know, like you hear ayahuasca known as like the vine of souls, people encounter entities, people, jaguars eat these, um, vines too. And they trip out like it's catnip and, um, all sorts of weird things. People see jaguar, um, and serpent iconography and symbolism within these experiences uh same thing with psilocybin there's certain symbolism and um archetypal things that happen what if uh when we die um our consciousness like breaks into a bunch of fractals returns to the earth gets sucked up into the nutrients by what we're talking about like mycelium plant vines different things and when you have these psychedelic experiences, it's called the vine of souls or whatever, because you're actually encountering with past consciousnesses or fractals of consciousness, um, and they play into that experience. Well, I don't know. Just that's what I was thinking. It was a very weird thought, but like everything being broken down and going back into the earth, and then experiencing that through these things, basically. I actually like that. I, I like it and don't because it's almost like we're talking to ghosts. Yeah. But I, I like it and don't. It's it's a it's a weird step where you go. It's a leap that I'm okay with making. I'm okay with making all kinds of leaps. Well, I would because, just say this, just just for one example. So, like, we've yeah. had some near-death experience people on our show. 
one guy had a heart transplant. Uh, two, he had two heart, or he had two near-death experiences and one heart transplant. And he actually lived without a heart for a while, which I didn't even know was a thing. They had some sort of pacemaker thing in there and in, in um, to fill in until some of these people get the heart. I didn't even know that was possible. But um, he said that when he got this girl's heart, who she had committed suicide, and um, it was a terrible story, but he hadn't like met her fa- family afterwards. But he had all sorts of weird cravings for things he'd never had interest in after he had gotten this girl's heart, like Skittles and like weird things. And he found out later those were some of her favorite things. So I think at very least, like our organs and the different parts of our body must have hold some mm. level of memory, uh, memory mm. and consciousness. So like what I'm saying is this doesn't even rule out some sort of like, like the main part of your consciousness evolving. What I'm saying is there might be some element of like left behind of our, our, our shell or our shield or whatever, that that's what people are incorporating is these ghosts of us, like you mentioned, or something along those lines. I think that that sounds legit as shit. Like, in my opinion, I... I don't know if you've ever had any weird ghost experiences or anything like that. I, I, I told you in the I've beginning, a, I haven't, but I'm open to you it. You haven't. Yeah, you haven't, but you, there's a couple weird... I didn't know if you were just kind of saying that because you're protecting yourself, but like that that shit there's some weirdness happening now whether it's like quantum like so what i really like is what you're saying because i've heard this thing where it's like a, like a like a cosmic replay thing hmm. i don't really like that we have these quantum replays or possessions or like people are tapping in putting their hooks into this control system related to like possession or like the what is the hitchhiker Right, like what is right. the hitchhiker and shit? Like Dude, then you're talking about these like organs, right? Skinwalker, bro. We're eating them. We're going skinwalker. Do you do you dig what I'm saying, Mike? Like we're yeah. talking about like like these hitchhiker things, and you're like, well, if I if somebody could put their heart in me, perhaps I could eat feel their cravings for skittles. Yeah. So okay, so so what does the hitchhiker thing mean? If I could have that type of possession right so 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 there's there's a lot of questions that come up in my mind when you're talking about that well i haven't fully like flushed it out yet but it has i like that you have it has been you know it's been it's been rummaging around in there for a little bit i'm more no i like that i like that shit that's my shit right there that's my shit right there that's my shit right there so so, i like what you said though too because I didn't even think about what you're saying about domesticating ourselves through mycelium and, and psilocybin and fungi. I mean, I really think that that could be a possibility because um, there's a weird thing like online. There are still pieces of shit that take psychedelics. Like it doesn't make you a better person automatically. Like you still have to do the work or be generally a good person going into it. Um, but I have seen people turn it around too, where they have had epiphanies or breakthroughs where they're like, I'm a piece of shit. I need to change my life. You know, like that does happen for me. When I come, when I come down off psilocybin, I like want to get my shit together. I want to get my life together. I want to be a better person, a better husband, a better father, whatever. I want to be the best that I can be when I come down. And there's this like afterglow of that. And I think, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, like, after a cataclysmic event, perhaps mycelium pick the best of us. Mm. 
And those that's, are the only ones that come up after. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, like, after a cataclysmic event happens, because, we, because like, maybe the mycelium pick the Da Vinci's of mm. every species every time throughout history. Maybe the mycelium pick the Da Vinci's of every species every time throughout history. They pick the guys that are going to get the next step because I think between you and me, maybe we can both agree on this, maybe not, but psychedelics are throughout history. We yeah. like, like, yeah. yeah, like, like, I'm a big advocate for that. I'm trying to show people that that is, you know, what not just even, you know, you can go back pretty far. I mean, uh, like, let's just take it through written history, Mike. Let's just take it through written history, like with the guys that like are have written about it. Right, like the guys that go, this little mushroom here, there's or this little plant here. Well, there's cave art. Little... So there's there's the cave uh, Selva Pascuala in Spain. Uh, it's got a bowl, a red bowl on the wall of the cave, and then it's got a bunch of, like I think ten little Psilocybe Hispanica mushrooms that are clearly Psilocybe Hispanic. I mean, even uh, anthropologists admit that that's definitely psilocybin. So, I mean, that's 7,000, 8,000 years old. So that's pretty old. Yes. Yeah, so what I'm getting at is perhaps psilocybin, psilocybin is able to evolve or much mycelium is able to evolve very fast. It can, you can look this up. So there's psilocybin that can actually metabolize like radioactive, like material. It can it, it can re, it can metabolize plastics. Yeah, I know that they were working on fungus that that, that eats uh, the radioactive waste. They were talking about that as a potential radioactive waste. It yeah. can it can eat PCB. It can eat like the the what's the shit that's like in plastic bottles. It oh PCAs. yeah. Yeah. It can eat all kinds of shit, and it does it super fast, and and it's able to sort of, and it actually can create soil, fertile soil. And it chooses what it's poisonous to and what it's not. Now, it doesn't choose in, in an active way like, fuck you, Mike, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but over a couple generations, it can choose who survives and who doesn't. Mm. And that's the interesting thing about mycelium, right? I think mycelium has chosen who decides to be the king of the planet at any given time. And not even within that, Within that species, like within humanity, who decides to be the king of the particular species? So, so like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you can even look in our own species and how psilocybin has affected our own species sure. over 300,000 years. You said 300,000 years. Which kings have risen and which ones have died without procreating? Right? Like over hundreds of thousands of years which ones have died and which have which ones have risen psilocybin is choosing is choosing or mycelium more importantly is choosing which oh and who... i never said my fifth person earlier too i just realized say your fifth person I it's 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 a hybrid it's a it's a dual it's a three-way conversation with don't say don't say terence mckenna I would say Sasha Shulgin and Terrence McKenna together. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. That's not fair, though, dude, because we just had this whole conversation 
No, I know, I know, but that that's been one of them. I mean, because like I don't agree with actually, <laughs> I don't agree with a lot of the Terrence McKenna stuff, but I I like listening to it, and like it it gets me to think creatively, like outside the box yeah. and stuff. He's that motherfucker, dude. And, and and so to bring it like all the way back to what we were talking about, like the post disclosure maxi. What does that guy look like? It's a, it's like a psychedelic. Like, it's almost like we were talking about like Bitcoin, right? Like, like we're talking about all this shit, right? Like, it's a psychedelic NFT Bitcoin. Bitcoin. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it, but like, what does the guy that collects this Bitcoin do? He's just like, AI. you know, like picture, picture the, the guy that's like the Bitcoin maxi. He buys like Jordan's. He like, you know, may, mean like where's like, like he buys like the fly ass shit. You know, like he he's he listens to this type of music. I want to know what that maxi looks like for the next generation for guys that are younger than you and me. After yeah. disclosure, because there's economic implications immediately. What does that guy look like? M- me personally, I want to be like a like I'm more of like liberty minded prepper, and that might turn people off. I want to be hip. I'm hip hop focused and like hard rock focused and like trance focused, side trance focused. I think that there's an intersection between those things that hasn't really been discussed, believe it or not. Have you ever Just heard like, of uh, what's this techno? Spangle? Is that, have you heard of that? Yeah. 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 He I've has never, a playlist on. Yeah. I've never heard of I mean, I've never heard that, but I know a lot of psychedelic people that follow our podcast keep referring me to listen to it. Yeah. So there's like, in my opinion, I think there's like a new maxi culture, just like Bitcoin culture or crypto culture came up before our eyes. Right. When crypto culture became a real thing, when crypto became a real thing and people made money off of it and it affected their lives very quickly, there was a culture. In, and you uh, know what a crypto bro looks like. Dude, it's funny you said in um, how long ago was this? In my previous life, I was a real estate broker. Um, okay. And I was selling a house, and the guy asked if he could pay in Bitcoin, and I go, what the fuck is Bitcoin? This was probably like seven or eight years ago, maybe. Um, and then I looked into it, and like it would be such a pain in the ass back then because we had to get like special lawyers. It was just like a whole... Like, it might have been happening out in like Silicon Valley, but it definitely was not happening out in Chicagoland at that point. You know, what's crazy is like, this is why I bring this up because there's so much conspiracy theory in like demonization related to crypto. If you know anything about crypto, right? Like there's conspiracy related to crypto. Oh, I'm sure. But this guy was explaining, he had all these like little machines that would like take percentages of percentages of things. And like, I don't, I don't know how, again, I'm, I know a lot about a lot of things, but crypto is not one of them. Uh, like maybe we'll have you back on and we can talk about this with Maurice because Maurice. Yeah, knows. fuck the crypto thing. Maurice, I want to know, but I'm what. saying Maurice knows like a ton about that. I just don't know anything about it. Yeah, fuck the crypto thing. I want to know what the next, what the what the kid that consumes the post disclosure world looks like. What kind of music does he listen to? What 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 kind of clothes does he wear? Like, what's that cyberpunk reality look like? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what does that guy, what does he, what, like, what does he consume? What does that kid look like? Like, that's a post-disclosure cyberpunk future 
that me and your me and your ass. We're but fucking... I don't. I don't know if it's an archetypal thing to be because, like, I look at myself, for instance, when I when I post videos of me playing guitar on Twitter, and it's like I'm playing Fish and Grateful Dead. Yeah, people like it, but I guarantee you, a lot of those people don't even know what this stuff is. They might like like the sound of it or whatever, but like even when I say Fish, dude, I've been to Fish festivals where there's a hundred thousand people there. And most people no, but don't. you're that guy that tried to buy a house with Bitcoin <laughs> right now in this ana- in analogy. I didn't. I was trying to sell a house, and the guy tried no, to pay but for you're it. The, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, in yeah. this analogy, you're the guy in this disclosure. Oh, okay. Rule, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you're yeah. the guy that tried to buy the house with crypto. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that there is – we are the crypto weirdos of the disclosure, like post – like everybody knows world. We are the crypto bros. What what does this look like after? Mm. Where everybody knows. And the deniers are like the weirdos. Like the deniers are the weirdos. What does this look like after? What does the art look like? What does the economy look like? What do families look like? What does child rearing look like? What does marriage look like? Do people still get married? Like, do people still get fucking married? They already don't want to get married. What yeah, I mean, like? I think um, I, 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 I have a different that's a whole different topic, but I'll say this, um, the whole dating and marriage thing. I think being monogamous and staying with somebody that you love is a virtue at this point. I think it's a, virtue. I and it's a discipline you. and it's something that um, that's, I agree that, with you. that's who I am. But no, I see a lot old. of people. That's who I am, too. But I see a lot That's of people fine. around me, you know, there's dating apps. People can literally like, oh, I like the way that that person looks. Let me swipe left or swipe right or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. No, but we're, we're old, bro. We're old. Right. We're I'm pre. Old, yeah. Pre, yeah. you know, but social think about media stuff. Disclosure. Think yeah. about post disclosure. Like what is how does how does post disclosure like mass disclosure change all of these things? Any little thing you think about mm. the gas tank. The, the like the the like rearing children, the marriage, like like music, art, all of these little things, small things. There's gonna be dudes out here who are like rappers who are like rapping about aliens and like fucking that already happened. But like, I was gonna say, like I think that's already going down. There's gonna be like mainstream raps about like aliens, like on the like Drake is about to be out out here rapping about aliens and shit, <laughs> and like all these like. Just like mainstream rappers rap about crypto. Well, it's it's weird it's, too, like from a music standpoint, because I, I I don't know, music's in such a weird place right now. Um, I've always been into jam. jam well, I've been uh, look, I've always been into jam bands and improv music, and that's always been kind of in, underground. Um, but I've never been into like pop music. I just can't get into it. It just doesn't do. As I, I play music though, so it's like that's that might sound kind of highbrow, but like. If, if it's a two chord progression or three chord progression and somebody's not a great singer and it's like a dance track or something like that's not going to do it for me. I need to get the chills. You know, I need to get those goosebumps. Um, and the things that do that for me are tension and release, harmonic convergence, like actual technical things get me off like that. And, and not every band or type of music can. But again, I know that sounds kind of like snob music snobby, but I mean, I'm being honest about it. So, no, you're not being snobby at all. Like, I think that you're actually in a really good position to answer the like the core questions that I'm asking, because you're held hermetically 
and, and to what? answer your question, I think the next wave is going to be like the influence of us, like our kids, our, our, you know, who, who we raise. And, um, I'm going to implicate, uh, philosophy heavily into my son's life. Cause I think philosophy, you know, the, bu- the building blocks, epistemology, the theory of knowledge, yeah. ontology, the study of be- being and teleology, the study of purpose. Those are going to be the three pillars that he uses. When you got to hope though. Yeah. You got to hope, right? Because there's going to be a bunch of kids out here. Think about the post-disclosure world, dude. Like, Imagine president such and such goes, goes, they're here. We're having having an alien. We're hosting an alien at the white house. They're here, bro. They're here. What do we do? And then all of a sudden rap, like all music changes, all economics, what happens to the economics? Here's something I find interesting though, because we're talking about music. Yeah. What is the evolution of music? Because like we're heading towards technology, and it's already like music's already been infused with technology. I remember taking in high school, and this is over twenty years ago now. Um, I remember taking a music through technology class in high school, over twenty years ago, and now you know everybody can have Pro Tools or Logic Pro or a MIDI controller yeah. or a sampler. Anybody can make anything now. So what does music yeah. look like going forward? Because I think just like, I think rap is going to go the same way as rock and roll um, in the sense that it'll still be there. There'll still be pockets of it, but it's not going to be as mainstream. And I don't know what that next mainstream thing is um, because... I think, that, I think that it will be very AI-focused. There's a guy on TikTok that like makes AI rap songs. Oh, really? And they're fucking good. Oh, really? I didn't know. Which is, like, scary, bro, right? It's fucking scary because I like all music. Like, I like roots reggae. I like, I like, I like post-hardcore. I like all kinds of music, right? You like, what do you like? You like, are you a Marley guy? You like Toots and the Maytels? No, I I like roots reggae. Like, so, like, I'm talking about, like, I Wayne, like, fucking, uh, like, like, Mr. Riley. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I like roots reggae, you know what I mean? Like, where it's, like, about... Babylon, you know, burn fire, you don't do that kind of shit. Sure. But like, um, but this dude's busting out like straight rap songs in AI. So what does that mean? He, what do you mean? If he's doing it through an AI or he's constructing it through it, like how is this? So, you know how there's like pictures. So, so, okay, this isn't so. I somebody, somebody just goes shout out to Toots. Yeah, Toots and the Maytels, classic. I you know, go check them out if you haven't already. So, so in my timeline, last weekend I built an AI robot, and it was a um, uh, go no go. It was it, it, I gave it a go no go condition to basically, and I I fed it two hundred pictures of no go. And I fed it 200 pictures of Go. And it was able to traverse a controlled area in that in that space. Mm. It was super interesting. Like, it, even my cat, you heard my cat, right? So I oh, used like I heard the chairs of my... Sorry, dudes. It, you... No, no, it's funny, dude. It, it adds to the conversation. There's people making funny comments in the uh, the live stream. I um it identified the legs of my computer chair as no goes. I never fed a picture of my cat 
into the learning algorithm because my I couldn't catch a picture of my cat in space. Right. But it looked at my cat and it said, I need to. So every time it said no go, every time a no go condition came up, it turned left and went forward. So notice it would continue to turn left and go forward, right? right? So if it noticed a wall, it would turn left and go forward. It identified my cat, turned left and went forward. I never fed it a picture of my fucking cat. Right. Not once. So somehow from 200 pictures of Go and No Go, JPEGs, it turned left and went forward looking at my cat. That's weird. Strange as shit. It, I watched it happen in front of me, God, and everybody. I was like, whoa, this is tri- this is trippy. It's called a Jetson Nano. That's the name of the package. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a little package. You can buy it. It's 400 bucks. You can buy so, it. So I, I'm, but, I'm, I'm an AI is never going to be sentient like us kind of a guy, though. And I'm so, 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 so. So I'm not talking about general AI. I'm no, saying, I know. I know what you're saying. I'm saying a rap artist right. could make a song feeding 10,000 rap songs into an algorithm and going, this is what's selling. Make me a song. Oh, interesting. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So now, yeah. now, now, now you're in this situation. I just did it in my own situation here. Right. You, I could feed 10,000 rap albums into my Jets and Nano and say, make me a rap song. And it will basically identify, it, and, and me as the human, It's there's a thing called shit in, shit out. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> no. It's a, it's, a, it's a concept in um, AI. I believe feed it. Feed shit in, shit, get shit out, right? Yeah, it's, it's very, shit in, shit out. Sounds very so, basic, but yes. So you as a fan of like music, if you have a real good ear for music, you could feed good music into the system and mm. it could produce a good song. But a person that doesn't know what good music sounds like is going to feed shit in and get shit out. Can I can I offer a voice of difference here? I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think, and this is something I used to, so like okay so we we accomplished that i have ocd so um that comes out to play in music because i not like necessarily perfectionist but like you want to get it all right you know like if i miss one note i restart the song over and i keep going until i play it perfectly kind of a thing okay um however over the last like five years i've really kind of relaxed on that and i've come to the conclusion that it's the space in between it's the the uh, it's the non-symmetrical stuff. It's the non, it's the, the, all the little like nuanced intangible things that make us human that are like mistakes or um, I don't know. I think that's what makes music great. And that's what makes live performances great. If it sounded robotic and it sounded perfect, I think it would get boring after a while. And I think we, okay. we, we understand yeah. that to a certain level. So, so in your, in your example that you just gave, if you think that the imperfections are what make it good in the random randomness of the imperfections or what make it good, I think we'll be okay. But a guy like you that has OCD 
that goes, this sounds perfect. Imagine you're like, you know, a Kanye or like, or like, I like Kanye, right? right. Like, like, I think he's kind of an OCD character, right? Like, he kind of has that sort of thing about rap, right? Right. He will only feed good shit in, into the system. Mm. So he'll get exactly out what he wants. He'll get exactly out what he wants because nothing good comes in. And he goes, make me a new song. Have you seen, <laughs> like, on Twitter where they go... They'll say like uh uh um uh uh Jeremy Corbell dancing with elephants and they'll ask for pictures. Have what? you seen this? No. Yeah, dude. Oh dude, hold on. Type in like AI pictures. I'll do it after I'll do it after. I'm right I'll write this yeah, yeah I'm gonna yeah, write this note thing. down. That's a thing that's a thing on Twitter right now, is like AI pictures. They'll like pump in like They'll, they'll they'll ask an AI for like. Is pictures. that that da- the Dali thing? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yes. have seen that actually. Yes, and that, that, so what they're doing is they're like training this. Dude, AI. the Jesus ones from Dali are fucking creepy, dude. Have you seen those? Dude, the creepiest one I've seen. You know who Chief Keef is? He's from Chicago. I dude, I dude. He used to live not far from one of my friends, like down the street. No shit. Oh yeah. Fuck. No, I mean, dude, I I used I've driven past there. They were driving like four by fours on their front lawn in like a suburban area. But the, so, you know, so on TikTok, there's a bunch of people that are asking this AI, "Show me Chief Keith concert in hell." Is he still alive? Yeah, dude, he lives in California. Now. Okay. There's a there's a bunch of people on TikTok saying, "Show me Chief Keith concert in hell." And it looks, it's like terrifying. It's terrifying, bro. It's like, holy shit, an AI came up with this. And all the faces you can tell are kind of like a little weird or whatever. Yeah. But like, they're training this AI. Every time you ask it for something new, it learns how to do what it do. Do Mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing about these AIs. Every time you ask and you go to the altar for a new for a new thing it it learns how to make it better so it, it songs in this instance and you're like a fish guy right like you're i mean i'm not, ju- I'm not ju- here's here's what i am i like fish grateful dead they're my, two, they're my two favorite bands however i'm a funk guy i'm a jazz guy like i love james brown i love um you know, uh, uh, you're for, for real. Live I like music. Uh, George Clinton. I like I like all that kind of stuff. You know, like no, I like you're for real live music. Yeah, dudes on stage. You want that experience? I want the real live. instruments. I don't want sampling. Yes. I don't want yes. you know. So. Yes, you are under assault, and I don't know if you know that because AI coming up with these pictures, these guys that are coming up with these pictures. That same technology, you're looking at these pictures on Twitter and you're consuming them and you're like, oh, yeah, that same technology can make music. Do you know how much easier that it could make music easier than it can make pictures? Hmm. It I could, believe it. I believe it, it could make easy. It can make music easier. Than Dude, I can, can I can go right now and I have Logic Pro. I've produced all my bands in the past CDs and stuff like that. I'm pretty savvy with the DAW programs or digital audio workstations. Uh, you know, I've created our intro song. I write my own music, all that kind of stuff. Um, 
I can go on right now, pull up Logic Pro, not even listen to it, and knowing music theory, I could compose um, a classical style piece just from typing in notes and not even look at it and know that it would come out as something. Now, it might not be amazing, but if I can do that, a computer sure as hell can do that too. So a guy like you, shit in, shit out, that sits with a computer like that for a couple days and goes, these are my favorite composers. You could feed it into there. And what you can do is say, make something like this. It will go, okay. And it will produce something very much like all the shit that you pumped into it. Mm. I believe it. And it will come out with something very much like what you put into it. And you'll be like, you might be like, holy shit, this sounds way <laughs> too close. Kill it. Kill it. You know, you might throw I mean, I do that on that motherfucker. But to, to your point, I do that myself, too. I've written songs where I'm like, this is this is a sick song. And then I'm like, oh, shit, this is like the same thing as this song or that song. Or this part sounds like this part from that song or whatever. You know, you got to go back to the drawing board. So... Um, but see, you're a purist. There's a bunch of dudes out here that want to make money, and they'll just fucking they'll just sell. No, them. you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And actually, that's why. Like, okay, so and this is not to sound cocky, but you know, our podcast. I think we've had some really spectacular guests. I think we have great content. I spend a lot of time, a lot of research, but we only have like forty three hundred subscribers on YouTube. I mean, we get like five to ten thousand. I think listens a week on the audio platforms. That's pretty good. Um, but I think if I was to say crazier shit, like some of these other podcasts, and I know people that don't even believe the shit that they're saying, they just say it. Um, yeah. You know, people love that, dude. Like if I were to just get on here and start talking crazy, like the craziest stories I have and like really feed into them and embellish and everything like that, I think we would be killing that. it. But I have integrity, and I don't want to do it that way, and I want to live my truth. I don't want to pretend to be somebody else. And if that's why I asked you, dude, that's why I asked you. I want to say, I want to say something to you, Mike. That's why I asked you. Do you guys meet up? I think that there is a content in, in this is this is may, maybe an offline conversation. Sure. But I, I'm just going to say one thing. There is a space for guys like us who are like, I'm not going to tell you that Zipzorp with the gray skin. <laughs> did something extra every fucking time we talk. Right. How about we show you a video of us running up on fucking Skinwalker Ranch in a bunch of forerunners? Like, let's go to the spot. Let's go to the place. Right. I let's told go you. Try. That was part of the spaces last night. Everybody was, like, scared of hitchhiking. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm like, dude, yeah. I will go eat an, a quarter of mushrooms right now and walk through I Skinwalker Ranch. I told you I'm Ranch. black. That's how I die in the fucking black. <laughs> I, 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 I told you. I said, I'm black, man. I you just go, nope. Nope. But you know what? I'll sit back. I'll sit back and put the little systems together. Yeah. I'll put a little system together. You'll be, like, uh, you'll be my guy from, like, Jurassic Park. Like, na- or from Navigating. the Matrix. I'll the be Matrix. tanked yeah, from yeah, the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, be, I'll be tanked from the Matrix. I'll be your guy. But the thing is, is, like, I think that in this space, instead of adding more bullshit and lies, let's go to the spots. Let's go to the spots, all of us. We could take shrooms. We could be a little, like, rough. We could be music. We could be punk rock. We can go fucking go do this shit. And I was, think we could be punk rock. That was the uh, that was the uh, 
the thought experiment last night, right? It was like, what if they switched the location of Burning Man to Skinwalker Ranch? Remember me and you, you were like, yeah, you were like, Mike, you you picked up. You, I was like, Mike, should we go do this? And you, you, I was like, you, you, me and you both sort of honed in on this very particular subject, like, let's go. Yeah. And then uh, Logan and Chase were sort of like, let's, <laughs> let's do this. And I was like, fucking let's do this. Let's fucking storm skinwalker ranch dragon can't do shit we're gonna fucking jump kick this fucker and we're all good dude we're gonna hit it you know no, like, that's funny no i'm punk rock like it's like i would be i know what you're saying about the punk rock thing but for like from like a re from like a real standpoint um if they were like hey do you want to make a show of you you know taking these psychoactive compounds and like meandering about skinwalker ranch i i would consider doing it i mean if it's you know if it's legit i'm down you know it's legit because it's us it's right. legit because it's us that's why i really liked i i think before that i asked do you guys go to ufo congress remember i asked i don't do you guys go to okay so i've like, never I been asked, to i've never <sighs> i don't know if i've ever met anybody from online i want to go to ufo congress and me you tupacabra and all of our players go meet each other. I'm, go, I'm okay. I'm down. I mean, I could look. I could do something maybe in the future where it's like a more of like a mutual spot. I don't know if I'm coming out to the West Coast, but maybe if there's something you know somewhat well, I West think or Middle. Congress is in is in Phoenix. Is it? Yeah, you have a Congress. Congress is in Phoenix, dude. So okay. like, it's at a like a, a talking stick. Casino. Yeah, that's how much. That's how little I know about. Like somebody like to what you're talking about. I don't know if you you know Daniel. He's sometimes Daniel Allen Jones. He's in the spaces. Sometimes he runs a channel called the vortex. I've had him on the podcast. He's a really smart dude, but he like sets up these, uh, he like heads up these, like, uh, you know, he goes to all the UFO conferences. He like interviews all the the people and all the stuff. And he knows a lot about like each person and their personality for real. Like he's met all these people. Um, so like, he's a great resource for what you're talking about because he would know, all the stuff, all the spots, you know, we could even have him facilitate the whole thing. I've never met anybody in the space. Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. One of the, they're called branch heads at my base. He goes to those. And I, he, he always saw, I gave him a little hint that I'm into this and this dude glommed onto it and always (laughs) talks to me about this shit. But I think that young dudes, like by young dudes, I mean like middle-aged dudes, like you and me, mm-hmm. like because all the guys are like Jacques Vallée, they're right. all old. Like, there's no space for like Jeremy Corbell is the oldest, I mean the youngest hmm. in the space, right? right? Jeremy Corbell is like the youngest, and then there's like me, you, like there's like Tupacabra, there's like a couple guys in the space that are like trying to do this shit, or like the guys from like uh, last podcast on the left or whatever. It's like, let's fucking seize this shit and go punk rock. Let's fucking seize it and be like, no, we want answers. We're done. We're done. We're done with the fucking fuckery. So I so think that that's, uh, that's cool. I think I'm already look from what you're saying. I'm already trying to do that by just having these conversations. And I think if it no, can you gain, are doing, but it. I'm saying like I can gain more traction. Like you don't even have to do. You don't. We can meet. We can go to these places. Absolutely. But I think just by doing what we're doing and, and building people around that and having people um, like 
take in this knowledge and, and what we're saying and then build off that with their own knowledge and then it snowballs and branches off and this and that. I think that's how you do what you're talking about. I mean, I agree perhaps, with you, but yeah, like, I, I think it, I'm being, yeah, yeah. No, no, I get, I'm not, I'm not actually, perhaps I'm being, I'm, I'm being disrespectful and I'm actually not giving respect where it's, where it's due. What I'm talking about is, is Voltron. I want a Voltron situation. You do what you do. Tupacabra does what he does. And all of us are together in a spot. Mm. You keep doing what you do. You keep doing what you already do. And then Tupacabra does what he does. And then, and then you know, I come in and do what I do. And I bring a little bit of my little funk and flavor. Mm. And then everybody like, you're, you're absolutely right, Mike. You're already doing that. You're already doing. That. I just think as 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 humanity be, does become more intelligent and understands how to navigate um, truth through media and technology, um, if that even exists, but a more um, understanding of it from like a, an intelligence standpoint, I think that hopefully these kinds of conversations is what people will will gravitate towards and you already see it in spaces you know i've had you know how many people have sent me dms like um you know i appreciate the way you talk about this you know you can tell you do research and I'm, again i'm not trying to toot my own horn i'm just saying that i think that no if you more, deserve your horn if, if, if more people too. if more people research things and read books and try and correlate things that do have crossover and actually study and are passionate about it i think it comes out and i think it's attractive to a lot of people because i think that they're so used to like the nonsense or the bullshit that when they recognize something new or like an intelligent take, they gravitate towards it. So all you need to do is put out that energy. And I think people will respond to it. That's just my opinion, but no, your opinion is absolutely right, but you're by yourself. And that's what I, I think that would be dope as fuck. That's what, that's my little, that's my little additive. I want Mm. you to keep doing what you're doing. And I want Tupacabra to keep doing what he's doing. And I want all these other people to keep doing what they're doing. But I'm like, let's meet up in Arizona and fucking go do some cool ass shit. It's just mm-hmm. like like jackass, you know, like it's like I hate jackass. <laughs> I love jackass, but that's not the point I'm making. I'm not saying we should be jackass about this thing, but like everybody on jackass was from somewhere else. Right. And they all came together because they were like. They were those guys. Do you know what I'm saying? There yeah. were those guys to go do that thing, and then they made a show together. They Dude, didn't it was like so it. groundbreaking. I remember being in high school and seeing it at somebody's house at like a homecoming party or something, and being like, "What the fuck is this? Is what this am crazy? I looking at? Yeah, what am it's, I like, it's at? on MTV too. What is going yeah. on? These guys are like virtually about trying to kill themselves. Like, and like Steve-O's from New Mexico, Johnny Knoxville's from this guy, this area, and like all yeah, these Bams guys are from, from all what these, Pennsylvania or something. Pennsylvania, and all these guys are from these different places, and that's what I'm talking about in the UFO space. Like, it would be really cool if like we all came together to do like a cool ass thing and met together and re-solidified the new, like, we are not Linda Moton Howe. We are not Jacques Vallée. We're not these old people. And I love them. Well, instead of, a, instead of monoliths, let's build some megaliths, you know? Megaliths with new groups of people, like a new group of all these people, and then make these people respect the game. 
That's we were talking about I'm this talking. the other day for real, like building, meeting up to build a megalithic structure. Because I think Lucius was talking about how his theory plays into possibly like building a megalithic structure. And I was like, let's all get together and actually build a megalithic structure and do some experiments I'm, with it and stuff. Yeah, I'm fucking with that. That's what I'm talking about, dude. Like, let's let. It doesn't like, have to be like the up. biggest pyramid, but let's build a pyramid, or let's build. Uh, let's build a middle pyramid. Yeah. And and even in a like a business standpoint, like let's make a group. Let's make a group. Let's make a group where it's like back in the day, like YouTube used to have like like a network, like a network of people or yeah. something. I don't know, like a network. Like I'm talk. I've been talking to Tupacar. Cabra a lot about this like make a network or something I already like try that. I here's I had uh, we have a failed attempt at that so that we have I created this thing with one of my buddies uh he had like website templates um and he's like hey do you you know do you want to create something I created he created this thing called DMT world I don't know if you've heard of it um Mm-mm. it's a app and it's all people just talking about psychedelics basically and there's no like sourcing or anything but it's like giving everybody the information on how to do, you know, their own thing kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mimosa? Mimosa? Yeah, yeah, well, like, all that. Like, even just, like, the fungi thing and, like, yeah. issues and troubleshooting and stuff like that, uh, as well as, like, spreading knowledge and the stuff that we're talking about here right now. Um, but anyway, so I created this thing called with him called Indra's Web. And the goal of Indra's Web, so Indra... Oh, I love that. Indra's Web or Indra's Net. Um, Indra's Net is... Um, basically an analogy for the universe. Uh, Indra was one of the gods from the, the Vedas. It's um, the internet. Yeah, so so I had this idea that we're going to connect people through these ideas. So if you go on to Indra's web, I have the link in our link tree. You can join there. I got a, there's some, we're having some issues. I think somebody tried to fuck with the uh, WordPress thing and there's some spamming going on there. So we got to fix some things on it. I haven't had time in the last couple of days, but um but yeah, the whole goal was to have these like groups and different things on there so people can connect, whether it be there's a psychedelic category, there's an ancient civilization category, there's a UFO UAP category, there's all sorts of stuff that are all these topics we discuss and to connect people through there. And I just never really found a footing with it. And it's very hard to get people to, to, to you know, with Twitter and all these like big ones, you know, it's hard to compete, you know, with an app. No, nah, bro, I, I think that. I think that we just need to get people together who love us. Yeah. Who love you. Who love you. Who love not us. Like I'm not even in this. You. It's you. It's 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 Tupacabra. Get us together in a space. We're the new age. People don't know. Like that's what I was talking about. The new Maximus shit. Get us together, and be like, yo, this is the new age. People where we can see you guys in a space like a physical space and just love on each other. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think that that can go up. Pl- I think that that could go a place that, Absolutely. that translates. That Dude, translates. I'm, I'm down, man. I, I'm all about connect. That's why I do spaces. It's, I find it's like a great way to like network with like-minded people. And I have like discord for our podcast, but like it kind of died, you know? Um, some of these things, it's like trendy for a little bit. It's just hard to keep it going. And I want to give a special shout out to my buddy Shane or Old Vet Symposium on uh, Twitter because he's really passionate and he likes what we're doing and he's helping out. He, I've made him a producer of the show. Um, and it's just been, I've been looking for somebody to help out for so long. 
Um, and with my co-host and my cousin Maurice being busy, it's wedding season. He's a professional photographer. He's also editing our documentary. There's just a lot of stuff going on. So anybody that wants to like help out with the show or like, you know, I can't pay anybody right now, but if something never happens, I'd be willing to obviously help out with people. So, um, if anybody just has free time or interested in spreading the word, let me know. So that was my little spiel. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really appreciative of uh, you asking me on this podcast. And um, Dude, you're fucking awesome, man. Of course I asked you on Thank this you, man. Like, I don't ask I, – I do ask a lot of people to come on the podcast, but I don't ask anybody that I don't feel like a vibe or a connection with or feel like we can have an interesting dialogue or conversation. So, like, I immediately picked up on, like, y- you know, your intelligence, not just from, like, you're a smart dude, but, like – you read, I can tell you read. Cause like we were talking about like historical things that you can only read about in books. You know, you can't watch that on anything anymore. You know, there's no history channels, all UFO stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, like I knew instantly, like we were talking about like the Manhattan project and you were discussing like Annie Jacobson and all that kind of stuff. I just felt like, Oh, this dude knows what he's talking about. I like that shit. And that's just, I found the same thing with, you know, that Daniel, Daniel, you know, and Tupacabra and, uh, you know, Shane and all these cool people on, on Twitter spaces. Like there's some people that, that do their homework, you know? I love those guys. And I love all of you guys, like particularly like you, Daniel Tupacabra, like you guys are, I think could be a league of extraordinary gentlemen. (laughs) In my opinion, like for the, for like, what a, a, what a shit movie though. (laughs) But like, I'm not, I'm not kidding you, dude. I'm not shitting you. I promise, like, you guys could be a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and you guys could really make something. Well, I appreciate that, man. I mean, I wouldn't... You gotta throw yourself in that mix, you know? No, no, uh, maybe, but, like, maybe I'm the Suge Knight or some bullshit (laughs) on the side or whatever. You're you're hanging people over the the, the barristers. (laughs) No, no, no. Like, Like, I think that you guys are super extraordinary, and you guys put a lot more time into this the reason why I say it like that is because you guys put so much more time into this, so much more effort into this in the current space. This Can is a this is a hobby for me. Yeah, this is well, a hobby. This oh, is a just life. so everybody knows, I do have a full time job. I do have a son. I do have a wife. I do play music still. I do have all these other things. So when people when I hear people say there's not enough time in the day, I call fucking bullshit, dude. Because I do so much shit every day. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so to my, to my, to my credit, I, I program robots. I do, I, I, you play guitars and shit, right? Like you, like, like that, those are your like efforts that you do. I have I mean, my own, yeah, yeah. You know, like you mean like hobby? Hobby shit. Like I have my own thing. Like the only, like I lean particularly like with UFOs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I lean on my a lot of my past understanding okay um but like i just built a maker space in my house i do 3d printing and i have other interests that are sort of offensive i have like other stuff that Mm. i do like i i shoot guns like stuff that i don't really want to talk about here like other stuff that has nothing to do with this yeah that's fine and i wish i I was better yeah. yeah i wish i was better at like I fish, I hunt, I do like stuff like that. Dude, that I love fish. Dude, I grew up on the water. I love like walleye, fishing. Walleye meat, dude. Oh, yeah, I, I used to catch so much walleye. 
You're from yeah. Michigan. I know you know a walleye tastes like. So like, so like, that's the type of thing. Like, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And that that, but but what I'm saying is like a lifestyle brand type vibe could be really cool here. If you got one crazy ass conspiracy dude. You got Daniel on the other side of the spectrum, who's like a cool dude. You got you, who's bringing it together with the audio visual, with the music. You got you got Tupacabra, who's like drawing some shit and making it cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you could make a whole Wu Tang Clan of this shit. Yeah, I'm not even playing. You could make a whole fucking Wu Tang Clan it's, of this. It's shit. really Wu. It's the Wu in the Wu. The, the Wu Tang <laughs> Clan. You know what I mean? You could make this shit happen. And it's unfortunate because I'm watching it happen. Yeah. And it's like not happening. And I'm like, you guys, let's let's all meet up. That's what I said in the last um I, I'll say this. If um I'm down to do something like that in the future, I mean the summer is always very tough because there's just so much like travel and this and that and things going on. But like usually fall and winter dies down. Um, I'm down to do stuff, dude. If you want to create something or like a network or whatever, we're just like, even if it was like a networking group, like where we all do have like a meeting or something like once in a while, or we do host a space together or whatever, and then build it off from there. I'm, I'm totally down to do something like that. So. Well, that's, that's the thing, right? Like you said earlier, like there was a, there was like a guy that you said, I wish I could get him on my podcast. I can't remember who it was. Uh, Paul but Stamets. Was, Paul Stamets. You're like, I wish I could have Paul Stamets on my podcast. Well, the clout that is, I hate that word. And I fucking don't, I hate that shit. I actually, I you, I told you before this, I've never had a Facebook. I've never had a, I right. don't that shit. I don't like it. But the clout of all of us in the, in the, in the, in the UFO space, punk rock style, you know what I'm saying? We're like, hey, we're going to. Hey guys, we're going to fucking Skinwalker Ranch. It's like, no, you don't, you know, we, we no access. No, we're coming. <laughs> Set the placemats. We're coming. Like that type of shit. That kind of shit gets you. Might, we, I think if you're nice, you might just be able to ask that dude, that Brandon Fugel guy. I he seems, so he seems like a nice guy. I think so too. But if we were to do it, we would make it look like it would, like, like we were like, can, We'll ask him, be like, can we Beastie make it Boy? look like we no, did Beastie a storm Boys. area Beastie 51? Boys. Beastie Boys styles, you know, Beastie Boys. The Boy funniest style. thing about that storm area 51 thing, though, was like when the military made a statement, like, we'll just shoot you if you come through the, the gates. Don't worry about but, it. Wouldn't that be dope? Like Beastie Boys styles. Like, yeah. You know, jam. You know, I'm like, we're, we're out there. It's like, <laughs> Wouldn't that be so cool? Like, like we're up in there. But like I said, I, I I'm down. And like the other thing too is like, dude, we're you know we're currently making our first documentary, and we're after that we're probably going to work on another project right after we're done with that. So maybe that's something to think about for what we're talking about too. So I think you guys should think about that, and I think that it would be cool to like get together as like an organization. Yeah. Even if you guys are your own sectors. Because all of you guys in, in a vacuum, you and particularly you, Daniel, and Tupacabra are super impressive. Well, I think that's, dude, if see, if I had to create, like, what you're talking about, like, a group or whatever, I think the mistake is like this. So, like, you look at, like, what Two of the Stars Academy did. And they all kind of joined together for this one thing. But what yeah. if they all stayed where they were before and just worked together as that through that like that's what i think would be more productive is if 
Daniel still did the vortex. Tupacabra still did his art and his spaces. I still do the podcast and the documentaries and, you know, whoever else adds their own element, but we come together, you know, like we're all separately. That sounds like a media group. That's like a media group. You know what I'm saying? Like a media where you guys are together in, in that sense. It's a media group. That's what it is under one like banner where it's like, I fucking love this guy, this guy, and this guy. And yeah. these guys are totally different. But they got the clout together to do and swing these like 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 um Tupacabra got Jeremy Corbell to like like his art. Yeah. Or whatever. That's sick. It's like yeah. okay, so now how does how does Tupacabra draw down Jeremy Corbell into a face to face interaction? where where we can have that that type of that type of vibe like sure. then it would be like hey okay uh tupacabra or sam could uh direct jeremy corbell to to us or mm. you where it's like okay now you do the podcast with mike now you do the podcast with mike and there's a whole there's a whole move and then and then okay so then mike's done with the podcast and then Mike moves that guy over to fucking Daniel, and Daniel's on the ground with his sure. little sexy self. You know what I'm saying? With his little sexy ass, and he's doing the little fucking, you know what I mean? The, the, yeah. the documentary, the documentary. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like Vice. It's like Vice. You know, you know what Vice is? Yeah. It's like Vice or whatever, like a media group. It's like a media group. Like media I said, group is we can talk off air. I'm I'm down. We can figure something out. I mean, I I don't. Um... I never turn down an opportunity, especially when people that I find, you know, interesting and intelligent, you know, so you, I always find a way to make stuff work if it, if it works. So, well, man, thank you for having me, man. And, Dude, um, can I, can I throw a little truth bomb on you here? Yeah. Yeah. Longest episode we've ever done. No shit. Longest episode we've ever done. Holy shit. I'm sorry. Three hours, seven minutes, 42 seconds. In no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, no, this is this dope. I didn't. I wasn't like, oh my god, when's this thing gonna end or anything like that. It was an interesting conversation. I really appreciate. I like that kind. Of, if I'm gonna sit on a space for three or four hours, I'd rather, you know, um, mix it up sometimes and do these episodes where it's like one on one kind of a thing, dialogue, same style, you know. Holy shit, man! And I appreciate you, man. Yeah, and that that's that's actually like both riveting and scary to me, and. I listen to podcasts and thank you. No, thanks. dude. Th- thank you, man. Thanks for coming on and sharing your background. And I know things, you know, you can't be on the, you know, up and up on the whole thing about it, but you know, I appreciate you sharing what you can and I appreciate you sharing your personal experiences, which can be tough for people sometimes. Uh, and I appreciate your enthusiasm and passion for this subject and topic and, uh, you just you seem like a really good dude, and I, I I totally appreciate your vibes, and you're definitely welcome back on in the future. We'll do it again soon, and uh, maybe we can even discuss something completely different. So I would love that. Actually, let's do something completely different. I actually awesome. want to meet your co-host. Yeah, Maurice. Maurice would love to to have. He's he's all about this stuff. So yeah, I um, shout out to your co-host. I I've listened to your podcast, and um, I want to meet him as well. So thank you. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I really appreciate it. I'm sure if anybody's interested, you can find Dan on Twitter. I have his link down below. 
And also, you know, he's in, ch- in in spaces. So if you want to come chat with him or chop it up, we're always in there having a good time. So um, come do that. But uh, listen, um, this has been awesome. If anybody wants to support the show, I'm not going to go through the whole spiel. I know I'm going to keep saying spiel, but I always do. Uh, all you have to do is go to our link tree. We have Patreon with exclusive guest episodes. If you like the episodes we've did with like Randall Carlson or Rick Strassman or any of those people, we have Patreon episodes with all those people on there, uh, as well as merch store. I've created all the designs in our merch store, as well as if you if you don't want to, you know, you don't have any loot to share, and that's fine. I, I know I've been there. It's tough times out there. I really would appreciate just like a five star review on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you listen to our podcast and you like it. I really appreciate that. So, uh, but uh, this has been awesome. We're gonna have Dan back on again in the future. And uh, that's it. We love everybody. Stay safe out there. And we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Be safe, everybody.